You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. All right, Total Talk Nonsense with John Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 277, Scott. That's right, John. Episode 277, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? I guess. Well, it's your birthday today. That's one thing. Yeah. Then we, uh, you had a gig, right? Yeah. Uh, we got some movies. Your son graduated. Yeah. Uh, we're going to revisit episode 276, and uh, I'm going to ask the question, did the Lord get personally involved oh. in episode oh, yeah. 276? Maybe. Possibly, Maybe. John. Possibly. I ran a 10-mile run at Soldier Field. I'll tell you all about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I saw a little bit of your gig at the PS Pub there. Yeah. I got a story about my son. <laughs> and um, yeah, I saw some movies too, John. Nice. And then uh, we'll talk about other things. But before we get to that, let's do some administrative work yeah. here. Admin. We got some admin. You need some admin. We got some admin updates. Um, yeah. That's right. So Today's how are you doing my on birthday. birthday. So is it has it been a good day? My birthday weekend, Scott. Yeah. I'm 49. You're 49 and Sunday, right? Sunday. That's right, John. Sunday. Happy birthday to me. I got a watch. I saw that you posted that on Facebook. Huge. Did you share that with the TTN page? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. So we have a TTN Facebook page. What's it called? I listen to Total Talk Nonsense. Apparently, you have, to be in, you have to be invited to this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to be invited, just shoot John or me an email. Probably John, because I never check my email. <laughs> well, you don't have to do that. You can just ask. You can just ask? Can just, yeah. Through Facebook, you can ask. Yeah. Hey, can you invite me? How, what do you ask? No, you just go to that page and you ask to be invited, I guess. Because we will be starting to upload content to our Facebook page Um I'll talk about it a little later, but at the 10-mile run, we went to, uh, uh, afterwards, at the after-race party, Soul Asylum played. Soul Asylum. And I have a video of a girl dancing, and I'm going to post that. And uh, I dug up the video of me uh, playing basketball, uh, where I look uh, downright gay. I'm going to post that. I just got a message from Phil, the bass player. Meet Tommy at Lee at Lee Street Tap. I'm already quite fucked up doing TTN tonight. I I must have missed a phone call earlier. I I, I guess I was supposed to go do an open mic night or something. Oh well, hey, it's your birthday. <laughs> oh well. So tell Phil to come over here. He can get on the show if he's able to drive. Where's he at? Uh, he's he's at. Uh, Lee Street Tap. I think he's playing bass. The Lee Street Tap? Where's yeah. that? I don't know. It's on Lee Street. <laughs> right, but where? Uh, I don't know. Is it by PetSmart there? Yes. He can walk over. Tell him to walk over. Yeah, but uh, we might end up having an entourage over here. Just tell him to keep it a secret. Come over by himself. Why, who else would be there? Tommy? Who else? Yeah. Just Tommy? Yeah. 
I don't know. All right, I don't know. so Phil may be joining us later. Uh, so back to Facebook, John. So if you want to uh, get involved and see additional content that we discuss on the show, you got to ask somebody, I guess, to be... Uh, no, you just go to the... You yeah, whatever John says. You look it up. You find it. You, you find it. And it's called I Listen to Total search, Talk Nonsense. I Listen... Then another listener of ours, George, who has his own podcast called Give Me Cake or, or Death or Liberty or something. What is it called? <laughs> yeah. Give Me Cake or Give Me Death. He or... started another page called the Society for Smarmy Arrogance. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying, I'm trying to be as arrogant and smarmy as I can. I think I'm doing very well. So if you'd like to join that page, uh, look that one up and ask somebody. Yeah. 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 What else we have? Oh, uh, our other listener, Amber, is doing her first show. Right. Burlesque. And that's when? June 27th? At Joe's on Weed Street? What is that, Thursday the 27th? Uh, Yes, I I think so. Let let me double check. Uh, Uh... Uh... uh, oh hell no, man! Hell no, man! Hell no! Hell no! What else? Uh, oh, Thursday! Uh, oh, our, it is a Thursday. Our listener Jason, uh, also a co-host of the um, Nobodies, released right. his third novel, Blackwater. Blackwater. Operation Vanguard. It's available online, I believe, and you can order it hard copy. So that's very cool. Uh, what other listeners going to be do we featured have? on CandidRadio.com? Do we have any other listener news, Jerry John? Any other listener news? Listener news? Uh, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to my emails lately. Oh, uh, another r- listener of ours, William, started a listener. A listener started a skeptic. Um, called the Bad Skeptic uh, blog. You can find that at uh, badskeptic.com. Blog. It's very good. I enjoy reading it. Yes. Yeah. See, what I'm trying to do is is um, I find things that, and I, I go to respond to them, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll just talk about it on the show. Yeah. And now I'm trying to find all those things I wanted to respond to, and I'm having trouble. So I'm missing something that I wanted to respond so to. So the last show we had was the Storm show right that was the storm yeah. show yes the storm we, show we lost a tv and a oh, one of your tvs a light switch and and my wall wart for my ipad blew out all in one corner of the house we got hit with a like a lightning bolt wrapped around the house is that while i was still here or after and, I no left? you left because it was like midnight or something and my daughter my kids came down because they were freaking out and uh, we're sitting there watching the the TV, and all of a sudden we hear. <laughs> I mean, like a like when you you shock yourself on a door or something, and it goes <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. But it was a loud, <laughs> like super loud, and then a clap of thunder all at once, and uh, then our television. In our family room went out for a second and came back on, but the receiver turned off and came back on full blast going 
<laughs> like that. And my, my daughter just, sensory overload, lost it. She was screaming and crying unconsolably, water squirting out of her eyes. She was crying so hard. Wow. Because she was so it scared the living shit out of her. And uh, I'm like, calm down. Everything's cool. I turn it down. I'm like, I think lightning hit the house. And my wife's like, really? You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to run out really quick while it's lightning and see if it's on fire. So I run outside. No, it's okay. And then we finally get everybody calmed down. It kind of, the storm goes over. My kids go to bed. And right then my wife says, uh, oh, I just got a message from ComEd that the power's down and they don't know when it'll be back up yet. And I'm like, well, I don't hear the generator. Next thing I, all of a sudden the power shuts off right as she says that. And the generator goes on. And I think we're on generator for a couple hours. Nice. Our power didn't go out. No. Not at all. Nice. So that was nice, yeah. John. Nice. <laughs> but it was like it was like a, a strobe light show outside, man. You and you were driving home and then you're sitting in your driveway. <laughs> I'm afraid to get out of my car. Get, yeah. I had to wait in there for like ten minutes. <laughs> So while we're talking about 276, let's go ahead and play that clip. Now, this is uh, the end of 276, and I am going to go ahead and hypothesize that uh, what we had done is we had just played a Pat Robertson video, and he was, again, um, talking about making women second-class citizens. The men are the guys who make the decisions. The women should just shut up, breed, and cook for the men. Which I agree with. I mean, (laughs) you know... It's about time we get back to the 50s, don't you think? So, right you know, after you that... You must be very proud of yourself. Yeah. I went in, it wasn't a rant, but I went into a... Let's call it a monologue, <laughs> a John. <laughs> about... A scatalog. A scatalog. A scatagalog. A scatologialog. About women in society. And uh, I, I right after I made my point, that's when the power went out. Oh, and yeah. And I'm... Uh, suggesting that the Lord, uh, I made such a powerful statement. He was like, hey, I got to put an end to this right now. And he shut the power out. And the power went off and we heard, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach. Yeah. So go ahead and play that clip. And after this clip, we're going to play a couple other clips because Fox News picked up on something. All right. Uh, and we'll talk about that. So let's play this clip first. This is 276, the end of our show, 276, yeah. before the Lord got personally involved Intervened. and shut us down. Muslims were a thousand years behind Christianity, but they're not. They're the same. About the same Pat yeah. Robertson, uh, in, in that statement, is saying he's making assumptions that the husband is the breadwinner, bringing home uh, the... But what if he's like a stay-at-home dad? Yeah. Uh, He's telling that lady. You mind your own yeah, fuckhole. Mind your own fuckhole, and, and you need and to be sexier. Yeah. Uh, and he's not addressing the issue. Yeah. And, but it's this whole mentality that women are second class citizens. Yeah. yeah. And it it nauseates me, John. Uh, and if you want, if we yeah. want to move into the 21st century yeah. globally, 
uh, women have to be educated, yeah. they have to become part of the workforce, and they have to fucking be treated equally. Yeah. And you're not seeing that with Pat Robertson, right. and you're not yeah. seeing that in the Muslim community. <laughs> and until that shit happens, we are not going to be prosperous, and yeah. we're not going to be happy. How about that, John? Yes. Oh, 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 right there! There we go. Right there. They're right there. We're back on. Yeah, we're still recording. Well, let's... Uh-oh. <laughs> we should probably end it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll say a few words. All right, the power just went out. We're All right, recording. so that's the Lord. The power just went I'm out. I'm suggesting oh, yeah. got personally involved. kicked back right on. back on. Everything is illuminated. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Now, Yeah. on Fox News... Yes. I'm going to play a clip now from Fox. This is Lou Dobbs, John. Is it? Yes. Lou Dobbs from Fox News. Now, after our show, uh, a news story came out that said... Are you sure it's not... Thomas Aquinas. (laughs) I'm sure it's not him. (laughs) All right. A news story came out that said that um, women... uh, um, How do I phrase this? Four out of ten households the women the woman in the household is now the the one who makes the more money right makes the more money <laughs> makes the more money yeah and so this is and oftentimes you find yourself saying to the wife what the fuck did i do wrong <laughs> so who knows what it was in the 50s yeah. i'm sure it wasn't four and ten and, and it keeps going yeah. up so women in the workforce yeah. Uh, now it's four in ten, almost half of the households, the woman makes the the majority of the dough, John. Right. So here's the conversation that happens over at Fox. Y- yeah, and I'm going to tell you why that and is. Friends. My theory. Fox and Friends. Fox and Friends. What, your, your theory of why it's four in ten? Yes. Okay. You want to say that now before we Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, tell Scott. me right now. Well, first of all, women still don't make as much as men do. Right, they so, don't. So when the big layoffs happen, they lay it off a bunch of dudes. And now it's women that are working because they make less money. Ah. It's, it's economics. The corporations. That's right. Sticking it to us again there, That's John. Right. That's right. Right on. Yes. All right, so here's what here's the conversation. That's a, what you just yes. said there. Your 10 seconds of of uh, assessment and then you gave a, not a solution, but you gave a, um, regarding this, here's what I up. think, you summed it up, is is 10 times more intelligent <laughs> than the three-minute conversation we're going to hear from Fox and Friends. With faux pas friends. With Lou Dobbs. Listen to this shit. Get a load of this. <laughs> Stop shouting. I'm not deaf. <laughs> Hold on. Let me make sure I'm at the beginning. I here. said once to my wife. You should not drink and bake. <laughs> Very crazy. We don't usually do it. I, I want to turn to a, a study in, in the Pew Research Pew. Uh, showing that women uh, have become the uh, the breadwinners in this country and a lot of other concerning and troubling statistics. But our society is being torn in so many directions right now. It, it, this stuff is really at the margin when you watch uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, this president, his scandals, uh, and the, and the appropriate investigation by the Republicans. When we're watching society dissolve around us, Juan, what do you think? Lou, I just think it, this should be in large letters on the front page of every newspaper in America because what we're seeing with four out of ten families now, the woman is the primary breadwinner. You're seeing the disintegration of marriage. You're seeing men who were hard hit by the economic recession in ways that women weren't. 
But you're seeing, I think, systemically, larger than the political stories that we follow every day, something going terribly wrong in American society, and it's hurting our children. And it's going to have impact yeah. for generations to come. And Left, right. I don't see how you can argue this. And, and you... Do you know what he just said? <laughs> so he's... Okay, so four in ten women are now working. It's uh, systemically hurting our children? Yeah. Is that because uh, there's... They're assuming that both people work now and that nobody's watching the kids. Their kids are free no, to do whatever I, they want. I don't know what that means. That's just dumb. It is dumb. Whatever it is. Let's continue. It gets dumber. It's stupid. You, you mentioned children. And those are the children who survived. 54 million abortions. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Those are the ones that survived, John. There are 50... Yeah. Four million abortions. Is that like since uh, uh, the dawn of abortion, or is yeah. that yearly, quarterly? Who, who what is knows? that? Who Where does knows? he come up with that number? Fifty-four million. Let's continue. Since Roe v. Wade. Oh, since Roe v. Million in this country. What has been the impact of that? What is it? I tell you what the impact. Didn't you read Freakonomics? Yeah. Here's the impact: less crime. Right. That's the impact. We'd have fifty-four million potential criminals running around. Yeah say about our society uh, our, our high school dropouts eric your thoughts on this on this study and uh, and what well, it pretends lou i'm so used to liberals telling conservatives that they're anti-science but i mean this is liberals who defend this and say it's not a bad thing are very anti-science when you look at biology look at the natural world the roles of, of a, a male and a female in society and other animals that the male typically is the, the dominant role but the female it's not antithesis or it's not competing yeah that's his science he's a genius he's a genius that's his science because this is what i see i see you idiot a male monkey being the dominant one so that should be for everybody and that's science to me this guy has no fucking clue what yeah. science is it's a complementary role we as people in a smart society ah, females they're a complementary role uh-huh oh, how nice God. that must be <laughs> <laughs> to be de to be designated as a complimentary so, role. So you should tell this guy to a douchebag like this. Yeah, what a douche. Society have lost the ability to have complimentary relationships. What the hell's going on? It's, uh, in <laughs> nuclear families, it's tearing us apart. Nuclear. And what I find interesting in the survey is that three-quarters of the people surveyed recognize that having moms as the primary breadwinner is bad for kids and bad for marriage. And reality shows us that's the truth. Well, it what reality shows us that? Well, uh, there is some research that males seem to be a little upset with their counterparts being the breadwinner, and then... No, 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 I'm not talking about that. What research shows us that women working is bad for families? Oh, well, there there is some research that, that, that shows that, but it's not really conclusive it's pretty much i can't remember the study how would you even design I, that study i heard i heard it um well no it's like a social it's it's old it's not brand new it's not something part of this pew thing they're tying it to some older uh social studies where males were they found they, they found that males were getting very upset with their counterparts who were making more money and they they were felt inadequate and then they didn't want to be home doing all the dishes and all that and then the women still did that they still did the dishes and still did the 
the laundry. And, so they and, had their career and still yeah. did the dishes. Yeah, like in my house. <laughs> My wife does everything. It's the opposite in my house. She's got the career. She's got the dishes. She's got. She does it all. We have the career. We both have the careers. I do the dishes. I do it all. She'll say she does laundry, right? <laughs> what that means is she sorts it and she you puts it be in. Careful, man. This will be admissible. I'm in the court. one who does the, the folding after the dryer. And if you yeah. ask me, that's the real work: sorting yeah. and putting detergent in. That's nothing. Listen, today, you know what I did? What? It's my birthday, and I had chores. I had to return a wheelchair today. I had to change batteries and some watches. There you go. Right. I had to take a TV in for repair. It's man stuff right there, Scott. So I handle uh, the stuff around the house, except for the stuff that I can't handle, like cleaning the gutters and, you know. (laughs) Then we hire somebody for that. My wife handles the finances, the checkbook, the bills, you know, and and that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we we work it out. Yeah, right, right. So... uh, the study that you're referring to, the men felt um, vulnerable. They felt less masculine. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Inadequate. Inadequate. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. I used to play basketball uh, 10 years ago at Bannockburn at lunch, and there was the guy there. Um, like, I would go on my lunch hour, but this guy would be there all day. And we became friends. It turns out his wife was like a vice president at Bank of America or something. So what do you do? Well, I stay at home and I watch the kids. I'm like, fuck. That's great. That's what I want to do. That's what Joe does. <laughs> right. Who wouldn't want to yeah. do that? I, I don't, don't get I, it. I don't know. I, I think he's fine with it. He's good at it, too. He's He's got the... He's got a very, uh, you know, he's relaxed. He's he he can handle it. He's whatever. He doesn't get stressed out uh, with three boys. So it's you know anyone, and he's with other kids, and he's with all these other moms. He's got great stories. All right, let's get back to this clip. It's not over yet. Politicians won't say it. That's what bothers right. me, Eric. You know what? They what? They're so scared. They're so much a bunch of, I, you know. But they they won't admit it's a this. war on women. And I gotta Ron. tell you, a war it, on it's women tearing apart minority communities even worse than white communities in this country. Doug, yeah. Look, I think I would associate myself completely with what one is saying. I wrote a biography once of Daniel Patrick Moynihan. Wrote about it in 1965. This is a catastrophic issue, and sadly, no one on the left, right, or center is dealing with the breakdown of family structure. We're losing a generation. Bottom line, it could undermine our social order. It, it, and it, it may, in fact, be doing that as, as we look at... How about that? Undermine yeah. our social order. Now, so the clip that I played of uh, 276, I was saying that, no, this is a global society, and if you want, uh, if the Muslims and the Christians want to get in on the global society, you got to make women equal in society. And if that yeah, means they're but, the breadwinners... But that's not that's not what's happening. This whole study is, is so fucked up because it, the variables... There's nothing. There's all kinds of variables because of the way the the shift in the economy. It has to 
to me, it has nothing to do with with uh, women are just becoming way more successful than men. It has nothing to do with that. Oh, I understand that, but the outcome to them, four in ten, this is catastrophic yeah. for families, for the nuclear family, for women being the what was the term they used? Being the um, Alpha, not that the alpha. men are the alpha. The women are the uh, no. supporting roles. No, what yeah, did they say? right, right. Um, the complimentary, the complimentary roles, right? Yeah. I mean, how fucking uh, Adam and Eve, man. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you buy into the fairy tale of talking snakes and Noah and the flood, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna buy into the th- whole thing, right? You're gonna say that yeah, women are second class citizens. They're here to support yeah, it, men. In the in the uh, article, alpha women. Did you women, pass gas, man? No. What you smell something? Yeah, it's it's really. Um, I don't smell anything. You're crazy. Come on, man. You probably your mouth Fess too close up. to your nose. Fess up, man. And what? <laughs> Come on, man! You? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm in a completely different room. That's what I'm saying, man. There's no, there's no ventilation down here, right? So the, how can it even so move? It hits the floor. <laughs> it hits the floor. It's like in the Ten Commandments when they, uh, when God, you know, the green anything. gas. I don't know what you're like, talking hit, about. and it just kind of. <laughs> what are you saying? Come on, you get why, why either you, that. It's why are you making are shit you, up? Like, <laughs> or you got a real problem in your basement here <laughs> with sewage? <laughs> Come on, admit it, man. All right, maybe a little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> I am twenty feet away from you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> in another room I had Italian man it's a very rich cream sauce and I don't have a gallbladder what are you talking about Jesus crap <laughs> just a little warning next time that's all so I can protect myself Jesus Christ! Oh God, you're making such a big deal out of nothing. For the love of Job, over there, God, you idiot! <laughs> Relax. Stop shouting! I'm not dead. Stop being such a pussy. I got a V-neck on, and it's hard to cover my nose with a V-neck. <laughs> it's not gonna help. No, it's not gonna help. All right, so well, there's a. Hold on, go ahead. You got a comment? Oh yeah, it's uh, there's a story in uh, New York Magazine, Alpha Women Beta Men, where it says uh, a little excerpt here: as the wives grow more powerful and confident, their husbands often seem to diminish in direct proportion to their success. Indeed, there's little evidence to show that uh, that as women acquire financial muscle, relations between the sexes have evolved successfully to accommodate the new balance of power. Neither the, the newly liberated alpha women nor their shell-shocked beta spouses seem comfortable with the role res- reversal. So there there is some some stuff that's already been discussed years ago when this when this started happening, especially with it's 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 been going on forever um you've had men wanting to stifle women forever wanting him to stay in the kitchen and not do and i've been living in a relationship where my wife has made more since the day we fucking met there you go and so uh, you're beta you're okay I'm fine with it because... But she does the dishes and everything else. She did what she... Well, (laughs) the deal was when we first met, you know, I was... Yeah, but even though she made more, it didn't mean she did more work. I I had a very physical 
labor-intensive job. I, I read this one post once. It said, uh, it, it was just recently, it said, uh, oh, uh, hardworking people, money is is being taken away from hardworking people uh, uh, and given to lazy, no-working people. That's socialism. Oh, no, you must be thinking of capitalism. And they show a picture of a bunch of rich people on boats laying there, drinking, smoking, and then people in coal mines, you know. Well, my wife had a job where it was was hard, but it's an office job. It's a lot of pressure. But the job I had, I was working, you know, 60 hours a week, and it was all truckloading by hand and... It was backbreaking fucking work. I I don't know how people could work like that till they're sixty five years old. Well, they can sixty seven years old. <clears throat> it's 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 difficult. Uh, but you know, we're talking about uh, careers where it's more administrative, where uh, somebody's a boss and they're helping. Uh, they're still like kind of middle management. They don't own the company. They're not shareholders. They're not. Just getting rich off of dividends, they're actually making a company grow, and they're and they're required to work more and more hours for less pay. Which you know, my wife she she does very well, but somebody else in her position would probably make thirty percent more than her if mm-hmm. they were male. Right. Well, isn't it uh, the average is what twenty percent? Something like that. Ten, maybe it's ten. I don't know. I, maybe it's ten. But the point I'm making is just that this whole fucking thing is these fucking asshole Republicans. They come up with these weird, especially Fox News. Their arguments are so full of dog shit. It's ridiculous. But is there more to that interview? Didn't the chick that's on the show like flip out? Yeah. Do you have that clip? Uh, I have it. I might. Unless you got it. I have it. So Megan Kelly, that's yeah. her name, right? And I first uh, was turned on to Megyn Kelly, John, if you will, uh, during the election, the re-election of Barack Hussein, home Obama, (laughs) uh, because she challenged, uh, somebody challenged some numbers that were coming from the Fox nerds. Oh, yeah. That were saying, Uh, yeah, Obama's going to win. There's no way. Kyle Rove is an idiot. We don't know what he's fucking talking about. There's no way that, uh, who's he running against? I can't even remember. Carl Rove? No, no, no. Uh, Obama. Oh, Who's uh, Romney. Romney. There's no way Romney's going to win. So they made Megyn Kelly get up from her desk and walk like 200 yards back to the nerds yeah. uh, w- that were crunching the numbers. And they pan back and, uh, wow, Megyn Kelly, really nice looking. Nice legs. You know what I'm saying, yeah. John? So yeah, here she what... is uh, getting involved in this conversation. With Lou Dobbs and this other guy who yeah. I don't know who it is. Let's see what she has to say. Okay, I'm playing it. You're not hearing anything? Oh, let me turn the it volume up. It's semi-problem. You don't, uh, you're plugged in, okay? <laughs> Hold on. Poorly constructed how I said it. What I meant by that was when you look uh, throughout Hold on, society, look at other animals, the, 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 the male the, 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 of the species tends to be the, the protector, the, the dominant one in that regard. And we've got to a point in this country where you have a lot of feminists who think that the male and female... Hold on, wait a minute. So he's he's basing his reality, uh, and this issue anyway, on animals. Because if he looks at other animals, the male... 
other animals, like, isn't it 80% of other animals are uh, display homosexual behavior? Yeah. Right? So w- why why does he have a problem with homosexuality? <laughs> roles are completely interchangeable. I think Phil might be here. <laughs> there, there is no need for a man to support his family. You've got men walking away. You've got women becoming single mothers, not by their choice. You've got a lot of people thinking it's a lifestyle choice. This isn't healthy for society when we think... I think it's fucking uh, unbelievably arrogant to yeah. say that the reason that we have single mothers is because the woman makes more than the man. And that and men are like, hey, fuck this. You make more than me. I'm leaving you and my kids because for whatever reason. What a dick. That Sorry. Roles of gender completely can be interchangeable. No one's saying women can't be or shouldn't be a breadwinner, even the primary breadwinner. It's just that when we forced ourselves to this point in society where they have to be, that's not a good, healthy thing for society. All right, but that's not exactly what you have been saying over the past couple of days. You got in trouble on Lou's show. We'll get to you in we'll get to you in a minute, Mister Dobbs. Can't wait. <laughs> um, but you you made these comments and then you you posted uh, a blog at Red State uh, trying yep. to expand on your comments and and. Let's put for to the for the moment to the side the issue of single parents, mm-hmm. because that is dicier and there is more data to support the notion that ch- children right. who are in single parent fa- uh, families don't fare as well often. Uh, but you took it well, well beyond that. And this is from your your blog. In modern society, we're not supposed to point out that children in a two parent heterosexual nuclear household have a better chance at long term success in life than others. In modern society, we're supposed to applaud feminists who teach women they can have it all, that there's no gender-identifying role and women can fulfill the role of husbands and fathers just as men do. Now, there is data in the scientific community to suggest that children of homosexual uh, couples who are happily married and are good parents fare no worse than children of heterosexual couples. And there is plenty of data to suggest that children of working moms as opposed to stay-at-home moms, wind up just as healthy and able to thrive in society than the children of stay-at-home mothers. Yeah, you know, Megan, I, I tend to dispute that data largely because it's been so self-selective. If you take the most comprehensive study, for example, of gay families that came out of the University of Texas that the left has tried to undermine, the, the sociologists who studied it noted that many of these studies that show there are no problems are typically of high-income lesbian families. And when you study higher-income families, you're absolutely right. Uh, working mothers are very high-income. Their children, there really isn't a big difference. But when you go into the middle class, where a lot of these issues are bubbling up, when you have a mom who's working 12 hours a day and a dad who's working 12 hours a day and they come home and they're also trying to be good parents, you can't have it all. And they're making compromises. And I'm not judging them and no one should, you but it's just a reality. Them. You are, no, though. I'm, I'm you, not judging You are. Them. You are because you come out very clearly and say that you believe that women who choose to work, instead of staying, staying at home to, quote, nurture their children and instead have the father do that, are imposing a, a worse future on their children than women who make a different choice, the choice you and your wife made. Megan, I don't view it as judging. I view it as a statement of fact that when you've got a mom yeah, it's a statement of fact, and then coming home trying to be a full-time mom as well, it's very difficult. And I think three-quarters of the public, according to the Pew Poll, agree that it's just, much just harder Just because to you do. have people who agree with you doesn't mean it's, it's not offensive. Right That's not scientific. I know in your blog you talk about how you believe it's, it's feminists and I don't know what the word is, uh, something, some sort of liberals... 
eco-liberals? What did you call them? <laughs> emo-liberal. The, right. yeah, I don't wh- know what that is. About it. But I don't think I'm an emo-liberal, and I don't describe <laughs> I don't myself think as a feminist. Either. But I will tell you, I was offended by your piece nonetheless. I didn't like what you wrote one bit, and I do think you are judging people. You're, you, to me, you sound like somebody who's judging but wants to come out and say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and now let me judge, judge, judge. And by the way, it's science, and science, and science, it's fact, 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 fact. Well, I mean, I have a whole, this is a list of studies saying your science is wrong and your facts are wrong. Do you know that... Do you know that in this country, in the, in the 50s and 60s, there were huge, huge numbers of people that believed that the children of interracial marriages were oh, inferior, were biologically right. inferior, and that is why yes. it was it was illegal for blacks and whites to marry in some states in this country up until 1967. I, I and they said it was science, that. and it was fact. If you were the child of a black father and a white mother or vice versa, right. you were inferior and you were not going to set up for success. Tell that to Barack Obama. Wow, man. Wow. That's the smackdown of the century right there. Well, and the thing is... Sorry about that. Hold on. (laughs) The thing is... God damn it. Uh, That's why I'm the producer. This is a Fox News person uh, just reaming a Fox News contributor. Yeah. But in, in Megyn Kelly's, I don't know what her situation is. I'm assuming she's married, and I'm assuming she's the major fucking breadwinner because she's a, a, a big um, uh, part of Fox News, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she, you can tell she was offended by what this asshole had to say. And he's trying to hide behind science, which is his version of science. Yeah, I see animals, right? I, see, I go to the zoo, and the, I see the male is the dominant one. So science says this. No, that's you don't hear no fucking concept of yeah. what science is. So shut the fuck up. Exactly. And he said, he, you know, he's talking about women in the workforce. He, I can't remember how he phrased it, but uh, being a necessity. It's now a necessity. Like, it's not a choice, but it's a necessity that women have to work. Yeah, that's because of the Republican policies to make corporations uh, tons of money to bail out the banks uh, and to fuck everybody else. Right. That's uh, why uh, women have to work. Right. the the whole uh, The whole in- inequity between uh, CEOs and uh, and and the common folk who are actually building all the the widgets that make the profits you know there is no ownership and it's funny because like you'll hear these guys saying well you know it's because they're lazy if they'd work harder uh well wait a minute you see these people they're bent over there there was all this inhaling of asbestos there's people that dies die in coal mines uh, people breaking their backs on their feet, uh, eight, nine, ten hours a day serving tables. What what work are they talking about? What work are they talking about? Being a some asshole like Rick Santelli that just sits there and bitches all day long on CNBC or some of those cocksuckers who. Uh, all they they all they do is make their money gambling. They know so much about the economy and and working and what what makes uh the economy work i mean it's cash flow it's people buying stuff and you can't buy stuff if you don't have money and 
the more money you need uh, to buy stuff, you got more of you got to work. So two people in the family work now. Now you both have to have a car. It used to be dad had a car, mom stayed home. There was one car in the family. Well, now dads have to drive way far away. I mean, I, I got 45-minute drive uh, for my job. Luckily, my wife works close, but uh, that's... That's lucky. She's lucky in that respect. Uh, other parents, they have to drive very far. Both parents work. You can't. You can only afford to have two kids. It used to be you could have five, six kids, and uh, you, you know you're clipping coupons and stuff. And and I have a pretty good life. Uh, we do pretty well. But there's some people that fucking work their ass off just to make ends meet and you and have you ever been in a walmart <laughs> i have a great story about that place a walmart. is fucking packed with people i went there uh the other day because one uh, the one in mount prospect to buy i ordered two of those big uh 10 by 10 pop-up canopies you know online they were on sale great deal they were the same color as my house uh, so I went to pick them up and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to walk through the store, uh, cause I saw that they have a screen so I could put one on my deck and wrap a screen around it to, for the mosquitoes, you know, in the, as it gets into August and stuff and oh, fuck man, that place is a madhouse. People are going mental. It's like, uh, how Kmart used to be with the blue light special. They're running all over the place, filling their carts. They got fifty kids with them. They're uh, they're just trying to. They do all their shopping at the one place, and oh, it's crazy. Yeah, we were uh, we went to the one. Um, where the hell was it? The one on Golf Road. And uh, actually, I went to two WalMarts in one week. The one on Golf Road. So I was with my entire family, and we were somewhere like at a Target. And then we went to Walmart, and the the atmosphere between Target and Walmart is like yeah. 180 degrees. Right. Target is da 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 yeah. And then Walmart was the. I was like, I was anxious, and yeah, I, I was exactly. like, I need a fucking Xanax exactly. from John. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this I place? I know, man. It's like it's uh, it's uh, it's everybody's on crack. Uh, and the yeah. and the lines, the fucking lines at the register. And I was, I was nervous. Like, oh. like at Target, I I feel comfortable letting Brody in the toy section. Yeah. And I'll go shopping, and I'll come back and get him at Walmart. I'm like, no, you kids got to stay right, right by here. me, right here, because this place is fucking insane. Yeah, and, and driving around the parking lot, you try to find a spot. It's like. Man, don't dare cut anybody off uh, to get a spot. I thought, you know what? I got my my nice Murano. It's 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 black and clean, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like fight over a spot. I'm gonna park far away because just trying to drive past the door. There's 50 people coming out and going in at the same time. And, and and your head's darting around, and your eyes are darting around to make sure you don't hit anyone. And there's little kids everywhere. Um, it is. It's a very stressful atmosphere. Well, let me, I'll tell you this, John. I was at the one on golf, uh, golf in Milwaukee, 
And then later on in the week, I went to the one in Mount Prospect, the one you're talking about yeah. at Central and Rand. Yeah. The one at Mount Prospect was uh, a fucking picnic compared to really? golf in Milwaukee. Oh, my God. You try going to golf. I challenge you to go to that Walmart and last 10 minutes without taking a Xanax. It won't happen. Oh, man. I- <laughs> it. It is. It is something else. And and it's like Sam's Club. Do you go to Sam's Club? I used to, but we switched to Costco. Costco. Now, yeah. I prefer Costco all the way over Sam's Club. It's the same kind of thing. Well, it's the same company, isn't it? Walmart, right? Is it? Yeah. Costco and Walmart are not the same. No, no. Walmart and, and Sam's, Sam's Club, Club yeah. are the same. Um, but Costco, it's very, you know, do, do, do. Everything's cool. Um, something I read too was uh, I, I watched the whole thing about Costco and the CEO and how he visits and everybody. They feel very like he's very fatherly to them. Every person that works there, they love working at Costco. They love the CEO of the company. Uh, the average salary is forty five grand a year. Uh, he's okay with them having their own union. You know, he believes in the middle class having success because he knows that those people are going to shop at his right. store. They're the one that spend the money. And and uh, the Walmart people and the Sam's Club people are relying on the people at the bottom to come to their stores. Now, I'm not saying that it's it's poor people and it's bad people and blah, 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 but they are relying on that. That's what they rely on. They suppress... All this, these, this other innovation, all these other mom and pop stores—they make them go out of business. Uh, if you make a buck knife or whatever, you got to make a special one for Walmart that's super fucking cheap, so you can sell millions of them. And then you just—it gets to the point where the people that make these knives or whatever they're making. All they can rely on is Walmart now because they've they've taken all the profit margin out of them, and they're so big and they're like a fucking virus all over the world. Now, granted, some people say, "Well, I have a job at Walmart, and if it wasn't for the Walmart, I would I would be out of work." That's true, but that's kind of a little bit of brainwashing because demand would have said, "You still need to buy stuff, all kinds of stuff." Walmart isn't your savior. It would have been some other store. It w- maybe it would have been a Target, and it would have been a better job. Don't let that kind of shit get into your head. Right on, John. That was quite a rant. On your birthday, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's the, it's the mentality. Because you see one company, they're very successful at what they do. They pay their people very well. And another company that's very successful at what they do, and they pay their people like shit. And they could care less about them. It's kind of like uh, yesterday I went and saw that movie Fast 6. And there was a a scene uh, uh, in the movie where uh, Dom, who's the... the, uh, He's working with uh, The Rock... So the criminal who has his own team of boosting cars, he's going up against the guy that's fucking ex-military and all this stuff. Well, the guy he's going up against is all about efficiency. He needs perfection and efficiency, so you're fucking disposable. 
I make my team at, okay, if you're no good, throw you out and bring the next guy in and the next guy. So he uses kind of the the Jack Welsh method of uh, rank and yank. So so evaluate your, your 10 people and the bottom uh, 10% give them their papers and keep doing that until you get the best of the best of the best. Whereas on the other hand, uh, Dom, he's all about family, loyalty. My team will step up to that level because of how they are and how, how loyal they are. Because if you start doing what that guy does, you start getting in the ranks uh, uh, saboteurs because they're like, hey, I'm not going to share my fucking knowledge with you. I'm not watching your back. Fuck that. I got my own shit to worry about because I'm on that top, I'm on that 10 list and I don't want to be down there as, as number 10. I want to be up in the 1 to 5, maybe 1 to 7, I don't care, just as long as when I get down to 8 or 9, I'm going to be doing stuff to fuck you over. That's what's happening in companies now that do that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that and again, going back to the uh, 50s, there was a loyalty. You would get a job and you would work there for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. And that changed, when, uh, in the 80s? Um yeah, I'm first on, the me society, and uh, now it's the it's the Jack, Jack Welsh mentality. It's it's uh, the rank yank, and uh, you're all fucking worthless because everybody read Ayn Rand's books. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, yeah get the fuck out. They drank that Kool Aid, and um, now and then they whine about it. Then they start bitching about it when they start going belly up. Oh. It's because of this. It's because of socialism. It's cause, fuck that. I mean, there was something that came out in Forbes that's, uh, that showed that uh, Obama spent the less, the least amount of money of any fucking president in the last since Reagan. And and what? I don't know. Is that? Did you finish your thought? No. There? Yeah, I finished my thought. <laughs> And how does that tie into what we were talking about? I have no idea. All right. I just keep going. You can't stop me. (laughs) I segue in my own brain, my own brain into something else. All right. Moving on, Sean. Well, yeah. The whole thing is just that they're saying that women should be in the kitchen. It's bad for for families if they're not. That's what this Republican asshole is saying. Well, I disagree with that. I think that women need to be equal. They need to, uh, and if they want to work, then they can work. Uh, if the husbands want to stay home, don't get your panties in a bunch. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't, because uh, I do all that stuff anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and if I get to stay home, better yet. That's what I'm saying. Um, but so, I understand. I understand the mentality. Uh, men get very bent out of shape when uh, uh, you know a woman does a man's job. Uh, I know my father-in-law was very much one of those guys that, when his wife wanted to go back to work, he was all upset about that. Well, don't expect me to be making the meals for the kids. Uh, you know, he'd work three jobs and. And she was like, "Well, the kids are all in high school. I don't need to. I don't need to stay home anymore. I want to go out and do something." So she went and got a job. But then she would cook like all the meals and put them in the freezer and freeze them. And when Dad came home, all he had to do was pop them in the. They didn't have a microwave back then, but 
pop them in the oven to warm them up. Uh, but by then, the kids were in high school, and they would help out and do that stuff. And I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I see how that how men could be that way, but it, it'll change. You know, it, it'll evolve. It will. Uh, everything does. Right. It gets better with time. These fucking assholes make such a big deal out of it. Like the society's going to disintegrate, John. Yeah. Disintegrate. Oh, Heaven forbid. And what does that mean? How? What happens when it disintegrates? Does what Thank happens? God, it starts all over again. Do women reboot? Do women then uh, decide uh, what men can do with their bodies? Is that disintegration? Is that what happens? Yeah, maybe. Assholes. Mental midgets, John. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Happy birthday, by oh, the way. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Not only that, your son graduated eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. You got a big party coming up, but I'm going to be in Eagle River with TP. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, he he graduated. Um, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. He actually... He had a uh, a quote. Uh, the kids had like these speeches, and one of his friends volunteered or, or got picked to do a quote. So he's like, "Hey, what about me? What about me? I want to do one." And he got to do Thomas Jefferson. I wish I wrote it down. He recited it today. He did. Because um, we went to lunch. That's right on your birthday. That's trip. right. And um, he. Uh, he was freaking out about it, dude. I mean, like a week after he said he wanted to do it, he was like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. There's going to be a lot of people. I said, listen, your dad goes up and plays gigs. He sings. He does the show. He does stupid shit all the time. You're going to stand up in front of a bunch of people that can't wait to hear what you have to say. And... They're going to be quiet, and they're going to listen, and you need to belt it out as, as, as loud as you can over the microphone and be proud of yourself. Just stand up there and be proud of yourself that you're doing this thing. We will be very proud of you. He still was freaking out, and I thought, oh, my God, he's going to go up there, and he's going to flop. And I, Not that I would be embarrassed as a parent. I would be embarrassed for him that we, he would feel right. so bad and... When he walked up there and he fucking belted it out, dude. I mean, he nailed it. He nailed it. He was the loudest one. He had the most confidence. He had inflection. You know, he 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 was nuanced. And then he said, "The third president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson." And step back. I was like, "Yeah!" I almost screamed, man. It was great in our old alma mater in the E Wing Gym. Well, think about the confidence that that gives him, right? So he yeah. had some anxiety about this, and then he went and he did it, and he was very, very successful. Yeah. And and that is really a huge confidence builder, more so than anything that you could tell him, right? Right, right, because they never listen. Right, they never, they were like white <laughs> never, noise. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. I mean, <laughs> the peanuts got it right, you know? Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. That's all it is going into their ears. But you got to repeat it. It's repetition, repetition, Scott. It finally gets, you know, you can't tell them anything. Baseball, right? Uh, he's a closer. He does great job pitching. What does he want to do? He wants to throw a knuckleball, you know. 
he that that's kind of a problem with that confidence. You can get uh, become a real smart ass too. You could get your head could blow up too big, thinking, "Wow, I did kick ass." Watch this. Well, he threw a great game a few weeks back, and now he wants to throw a curve. He wants to throw a knuckler, and then he walks like five hundred people. You know. And he's trying to adjust his pitching, and I kept telling him over and over again, throw a fastball and a changeup. They taught you how to do both of those things at the this, the baseball camp. Just stick with the fastball. But he doesn't listen. He's got to go sidearm. He's you know he's trying to fix his pitch during the pitching. game. Yeah. You don't fix it in the game. <laughs> and then the thing with the bat. He needed a bat. Got to get a bat. Got to get a bat. Dad, I need a bat. I need a bat, 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 bat. So we go to the fucking play it against sports. And he's picking out these $250 bats. I said, you're not getting a $250 bat. We're not rich fucking people. I don't know. I know some of the kids, their parents are Brazilianaires, and they buy their kids four of these fucking things. You're going to get one that's dented and dinged up and used and abused, and that's it. So he picks out a $40 bat that used to be a $250 bat. It's all dinged up. It's it's dirty. But it's the right weight. It's the right length. It's BB Core certified. It's all this stuff. Uh, we're on our way home. We end up stopping at my uh, a friend of ours' house, a guy that you don't like, uh, that that uh, did my addition. And uh, he was a baseball coach. Matter of fact, all the kids that he coached all went on to varsity baseball at our alma mater. Um, and he's he's a really good coach. Well, he, he pulls out some bats and starts giving them to my son. I'm like, Jim, come on, man. Don't, because now he's going to have two, three bats. Every game, he's going to be switching the fucking bats. I want him to use one goddamn bat. We take him to the cages. He hits with that bat. The first game, he's hitting with his new bat. He's killing the ball. So what does he do? He's hitting the ball great. He's got to try another bat. Oh, it's me. I'm this great batter now. I could bat with any bat. So he's hitting with another bat. Last game we go to, he's playing with a wooden bat that he got when he was in, like, Stars of Tomorrow, when he was eight, you know? It's, like, tw- 20 inches long. It looked like one of those souvenir bats you get at the Cubs game. What the hell are you doing? They don't listen. Is he still hitting? No, he wasn't hitting with those bats. So I took him to the side after the game. I said, listen, buddy. Listen, look, look, listen. Consistency. Everything you do in your life takes practice. Every fucking thing you do. Everything. I have not changed my drumsticks in 15 years. The heads I use haven't changed them in 15 years. I mean, I changed the heads, but they're the same, same brand, same, same type. type. I like the feel. Uh, I've come accustomed to it. And I practice that way with with those those tools, with baseball uh, and and anything you do in your life. That that's what we're trying to show you with the, playing a sport. Uh, if you do golf, if you if you your, your math skills, math. It took practice for you to get better. So use the same bat. Use the same pitching technique. 
catch the ball the same. All those things, if you just repeat them, even Scott told you, do nothing but free throws. Free throws. When you hit those consistently, move around, shoot from another spot. When you get those down consistently, then you can start moving around and shooting. But not until you get the basics down. Everything in life is about the basics. Right on, John. And practice. Practice. Right. 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 My daughter seems to think that uh, things should just, you know, should just happen. Yeah. I put two hours in. I should be great at this. I'm great now, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. That was the mentality. He he hit the ball a bunch of times with this new bat. Oh, shit. I'm a fucking superstar. I'm going to switch bats. I'm going to see how this bat works. And Well, let's. that's what you do in practice. You want to switch the bats up? We'll do it at in the practice, batting cage right. in practice. Don't do it in the game. During the game. You're hitting great with that one. Why would you throw it away? And then he gets yelled at. Remember, he was sitting on the base? Yeah. He yeah. did it again while the pitcher <laughs> they did another switch pitchers. I'm like, what are you doing? God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, but he graduated eighth grade. He's going on to high school uh, in the fall. My daughter's a senior. Um. She wants to go to Columbia College. Four. She, she's not really into academics. She's more into art. She art. wants to be a photographer. There you go. Nice. So she studied. She wants to study photography and art and all that stuff. And I'm trying to push her more into marketing. You know, get the eye, get the all the stuff that you need for uh, pho- photography and. And and then it was great because she's like, Dad, Dad, you can make so much money as a photographer. Look at so-and-so, Justin Bieber's photographer. He was just goofing around. And I said, okay, that doesn't happen to everybody. And then we're arguing this whole week about it. And then we're watching TV and fucking a bunch of newspapers just fired all their all their photographers, <laughs> because now the reporters can just use their phones to right. take pictures. Well, and that's the thing. Anybody can use their phone. So yeah. if you're uh, just Joe Blow and you uh, are, are at a news event, you, yeah. you whip out your smartphone. Uh, yeah, the photographer, he's going to be 10 minutes late. Right. And you got some guy who's going to sell it to you for half Bam. the price anyway. Yeah, photographers, unless you're like Ansel Adams, it's exactly. not going to happen. So I said, you know, if if you're capturing, uh, you know, uh, a cheeseburger for McDonald's in a way, you know, you learn that kind of artistry, you'll make a lot of money working for a company, working for a PR firm or something like that. Right. But or you're going to have network. to learn it all. Yeah. Or if like uh, you become the uh, modern elixir photographer right. and they She's go going on to. to. Sell uh, a, b- a bazillion you should albums. Should ever be our photographer too. <laughs> there you go. We That's start when. signing pictures for our fans. All right, John. Let's talk about Saturday. Last Saturday. Last um, Saturday. I need to start the story, but I need to start it on Friday, right? So Friday, uh, Wednesday. I'm going to go back to Wednesday. Wednesday, I play basketball ninety minutes. Yeah. Then Friday, I play again ninety minutes in the morning. 
because on Saturday, I think that my cousin Greta's coming into town, and there she's going to run a race with her friend at Soldier Field, 10 miles, and I'm going to take my daughter to this 5K, and I'm just going to hang out so I can play Friday morning because I got nothing going on on Saturday. So I play Friday morning. My cousin Greta comes in, and she's like, well, my friend can't run, but she already signed up. And I don't want my cousin Greta running around Chicago by herself. So I'm like, well, look, I'll I'll go with you and I'll run with you. Um, so I had I had played 90 minutes of basketball Friday morning. Now I'm going to run 10 miles at Soldier Field, John. Soldier's Field. So we get down there and there's like 18,000 runners. So we're in. Wow. They put you in these corrals. Uh, so they can release you. So the the <laughs> race starts at 7 a.m. and we're in our corral at like 6:45. There's so many runners that they don't release us to start the race until like 58 minutes after the start of the race. It's just 58 minutes of constant people crossing the starting line. 16,000, 18,000 people. Um, so we we cross. And then there's so many people. Uh, we run uh, through McCormick Place, like this underground tunnel thing. Yeah, I lose her. I, I have no. <laughs> I have no idea where she is. Uh, she has a ponytail, right? Yeah. So for the next ten miles, I'm looking for a ponytail. You know what I noticed, John? What? There's ponytails everywhere. Everywhere. Every, every girl that runs has a ponytail. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be able to find her. That's not going to happen. So I just, you know, I run my race. Uh, the oh the other thing, John yeah. everywhere, yoga pants, everywhere. yoga pants as yeah. far as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> now the good thing about this race is because I was in this the last corral at the very end of the corral, uh, I passed everybody. Nobody passed me because I was one of the last people to cross the starting line. So that's like a uh, confidence booster, you know? Right. Uh, because when I ran that half marathon in Kalamazoo, I'm running, I'm like six miles into it, and this guy with a full-on bunny suit <laughs> passed me. <laughs> and that's demoralizing. Because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, does he practice in the bunny suit? Does he practice <laughs> regularly and then he just wears bunny suits for the race? Right. And why is he beating me? Why is he running faster than I'm running in a fucking bunny suit? <laughs> <laughs> so none of that happened at the 10 mile because I was one of the last people that they let go. So I got to pass people. I just passed a bunch of people. Yeah. So it was good. So uh, my cousin finished like three minutes before me and then the finish line you run around Soldier Field, and then you run into Soldier Field, and you cross the finish line at the 50-yard line. That was pretty cool. Right. I saw your picture. But uh, uh, when you got 18, I thought it was brilliant to have it at Soldier Field, because when you go to the, like, I went to Chicago Marathon 10 years ago, and there's, I don't know how many people, there's like 20,000 plus people that run that, and there's nowhere to go to the fucking bathroom. They have outhouses, but the lines are, you know, 100 deep. Yeah. And what happens is you start running, and you look in, into an alley, and it's 100 people in the alley taking a leak because they didn't want to wait in the outhouse, <laughs> so they just go in an alley. So at Soldier Field, I thought that was brilliant. There's uh, Soldier Field is equipped to handle 
a hundred thousand people who need to take a shit if they want to, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm in there. I don't have to take a shit, no. right? But I have to take a piss. So I run into Soldier Field. This is where the spectators can go. But uh, I run in there. I'm like, oh, there's got to be tons of bathrooms. There's tons of bathrooms. So I go into the bathroom, and there's like two stalls and a bunch of urinals, and I just got to take a leak. I'm fine. Take my leak. But I see this guy. He's got a look of panic on his face. Oh, Because no. the two stalls are taken, and I know he's got to take a shit. And he's like, oh, God damn it, the race it's is going to start. <laughs> I right, need to think of these ready. guys. I'm in line. They're not coming out of the stall. I need to take a shit. I've never had that issue, but I can imagine it causes a lot of stress yeah. and anxiety right. for people. Because you've, se- I'm sure you've seen pictures, John, of people that do marathons and triathlons. Who and they're shit they running just, down yeah, their legs. Shit like uh, and it like you had mentioned, you explosive yeah. shit. Uh, it leaves a blast a blast pattern. line. Yeah. <laughs> so the look on this guy's face, and I, 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 hey, dude, man, you just have to walk down the hall. There's fifty fucking other bathrooms. Yeah. Don't panic, man. Don't panic. Did you tell him that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, so I did the race and the race was great and finished and then I'll talk about solacizing later, but I, I'm, I was surfing the web the other day and I ran across this photo of a Nazi rally. Have you ever seen one of these photos? <laughs> no. So this is back in the forties or the thirties, like the late thirties, early forties. There's like a hundred thousand fucking people at this Nazi rally. What I want to know is where did these people shit? That's what I want to know. Oh, right. I mean, they don't have to run 10 miles, but if you have 100,000 people, did they have outhouses back then? (laughs) Did they have, like, (laughs) porta-potties? What did these people do? Did they just drop their drawers and shit right there? Yeah. I mean, what Probably. I want to know. So if anybody uh, was at a Nazi rally, or if anybody knows anybody that was at a Nazi rally, I need to know, how did they work this out? Because when you go to these races... People are running around just to take a leak. They yeah. get very anxious. That is one big Because there's not enough places to go. So I need to know. So we finish the race. <laughs> then we go, we get a free beer. You get a free, if you take on your little bib, you know what a bib is, John? Yeah. It's got your number on right. it. Yeah, there's a thing you could rip off your bib and you take it over to the 312 booth and they give you a free beer. So we get our free beer. We're watching Soul Asylum is playing the post-race party at like 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Was it a Sunday? Yeah. Yes. And I'm thinking, how do you, how do, no, what happens? It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. How do yeah. you get this gig that you play the post-race <laughs> party? And, and these, so it's, it's a, you're playing to a bunch of runners that just finished 10 miles and uh, who's the lead singer? The guy, Soul Asylum? What's his name? I don't know. Dave? Dave something? Dave something, yeah. First of all, his pants are falling off. And I wanted to tell him your pants are falling off. And I could have gone right up to the stage and told him, hey, <laughs> listen, your pants look. are falling down. Uh, so there's a bunch of runners. They're drinking their free beer. They're just kind of watching it. Uh, some of them, most of them have phones and they're, they're, they would take a picture or take some video and they'd walk away. And he was getting really upset that they weren't like, hey, I'm an artist, man. You should be digging me more than you're digging me. 
Uh, so he started to get kind of abusive towards the crowd. Oh, boy. And uh, so uh, I pointed out to my cousin, his pants are falling down. And then these other guys uh, turned around and said, yeah, we noticed that too. But get this, he's wearing a jock strap. So he, uh, I'm watching him. He turns around to face the drummer, and his pants are falling down, and he has a jock strap on. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Ah, maybe he was running too. I don't know. But I have video that I'm going to post. Uh, I took this video of this woman. So she ran the race. She finished the race. And then she danced in front of the stage at the Soul Asylum there with Dave. I think the guy's name is Dave. And she dances just like Elaine. It's like she... You remember Elaine from Seinfeld? Yeah. It's like she went to the Elaine dance school. <laughs> this is how she's dancing. And then when she saw me filming her, she cranked it up a notch. You know what I'm oh, saying, Jeff? Oh, yeah. So uh, the Soul Asylum guy... <laughs> Look at the creepy guy filming me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> My kids made a comment when we pulled up and you were sitting in your car. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh, Uncle Scott looked like he had Brody in his lap or something, but now I don't know what he's doing. What? <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> it's exactly what I said. And I look at you, and you got a black cap on with your sunglasses, and you're slunked down. I didn't your... have my sunglasses. Yeah, you did. I got my regular glasses. It looked like you had your sunglasses on. And I'm thinking, wow, he looks pretty creepy sitting there. Like he's watching all the kitties. And- My daughter tells me that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to this. So uh, the, the lead singer starts to carry on. Between songs, he starts to um, carry on with the woman here who's dancing. Yeah. And so they, they carry on this little back and forth thing. And then yeah. this is outdoors. Yeah. So off to the left of the stage, like 50 yards off to the left, there's this white tent, and that's like backstage, right? So they finish the set, and uh, no, the the runners that are watching, they just kind of turn around and walk away, right? Right. Like at a normal concert where you actually pay to see Soul Asylum, you would cheer them on, and they'd come back and do an encore. Later. Yeah, the runners are like, okay, it's over. And they start to head out. And so before he even got to the tent, he runs back to, you know, do the encore. So then they do the encore and then they finish for good. And then some some people from stage come down. They talk to this girl. Uh, Dave goes back to the white tent. And then the girl uh, gets uh, through some access and she heads back to the white tent. How about that? Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah, some groupy and, action and, going on. And Dave said, Whatever your name is, get ready for the big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's what he said. Exactly. Exactly, John. That's what he had to have said. And she said, no way. And he said, I'm the party pooper. Yeah. So then, John, after the race, uh, I get home. And uh, then you had, that was the night of your gig, right? Right. So I call you, and I, uh, you had already loaded up your car. And then I, my cousin, Greta, comes with me. We beat you yeah. to the PS pub there. Yeah. We're already there. So we help Phil with some stuff. Then you show up. I help you get loaded in. Then our friend Nick shows up. 
Right. From Fat Mustard. The Hawks are playing. Uh, they got that on TV. And you guys do your gig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. I thought we played pretty well. How do we do? I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. The crowd seemed to enjoy you. And the owner of that bar seemed to enjoy you. Yeah. And she Phil, always does. Phil was dressed like Fitz from uh, Night Ranger. He had the shades on, a knit cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. he's kind of cross between Fitz and uh, and Michael Nesmith from the Monkees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in rare form, man. He had his shit together. He was he had it down. He was playing. He was rocking. And uh, Tommy was playing pretty good too. It's a good night. Yeah. So I had to uh, I had to leave. Why did I, <laughs> I had to leave? I think to, to pick up my pick. daughter. <laughs> and then I dropped my cousin off. And then I came back. And I, then I was, I, if I had known you had to leave, I would have just said, "Hey, man, if you got to go, just you don't have to come back." Well, I came back, and I was all ready to help you break down. And then, oh, we're going to do another set? I'm like, dude, I'm <laughs> fucking exhausted. Uh, well, I, I don't think we needed to do another one, but I felt bad because, you know, Tommy, we we did a rehearsal where we worked on, like, six blues tunes where he could just really go to town. I mean, that's his thing. He goes to Buddy Guys, and he plays with all these blues guys, and that's what he does, you know? I mean, for him to play some of these other songs, it's hard for him because he's got to actually learn them, and these tunes that he wanted us, that he was rehearsing with us, which we're supposed to, like, intersperse with uh, the rest of the set to give Julie, the singer, a break, um, she wrote up the set list and those songs weren't in there. So I said, well, maybe we got to do a third set and we'll just do those tunes. And we did, um, and played them, you know, really cool. I mean, he, he got to really just jerk off all over the crowd with his, his blue solos and stuff. So it was great. I mean, uh, unfortunately two of the songs sound identical and then we play a really cool Johnny Winter version of uh, uh, Spit It Out. I don't know what the fuck the name of the song is. <laughs> Rock something or other. It, it, the, the Stones do it, too. The Stones do it, but it's not a Stones tune. Rock Me Baby, I think it's called. I don't know. Who's to know? Come on, man. Tommy knows. Phil knows. <laughs> Tommy knows. It's uh yeah, I think it's Rock Me Baby. But it's a it's a heavier version that he wanted to do, which I had never heard before. So at rehearsal we just kinda went through it and listened to his lead on it. And then I went home and listened to it and I'm like, Oh fuck, I know this song. What's my problem? You know, I've I've played this before. Um But I thought it went pretty good, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Rock Me Baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when's your next gig? Uh, I don't know. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. <laughs> here, here it is. Here's Rock Me Baby. This isn't us, though.
I'd never heard this version, I thought. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, fuck! These bands that I listen to, like, when we go see, uh... Uh, Triple Shot, you know, at the Beacon that one time? They mm-hmm. play this tune, they... Uh, a bunch of... And I think the bass player sings it, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I know this song. So I couldn't wait to play it, actually, and I wanted to play it as part of one of the regular sets, because it rocks, man. You know, it's it's cool, isn't it? It, sounds it is, rocking. And the Stones one is so fucking lame. You got that one handy? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the Rolling Stones, here we go. So when he told me we were playing this one, this is the one I learned. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to play this song. Rock me, baby. I like Johnny Winter one, better. but you don't have another gig. You have nothing lined up. Uh, anything uh, in the mix? Anything? Anybody working something. on something? There is something. I'd have to look at my phone. Well, I guess what he's doing is he's reaching out to uh, uh, Entertainment One, which is a booking agency, and he wants to just book stuff up and down Route Twelve and Fourteen, just up and down there. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, but I'd like to do maybe some stuff out west too for some of our friends that live out there. Um, but I don't care either way. Um, we got uh, somebody from a bar down the street, Excuses, uh, heard us and said, Oh, you got to play there, man. So we gave him our card. Nice. Uh, they want to they want to do the beacon, but I I just don't have time to set gigs up. So it's got to be somebody else that does it. I just don't have the time for it. And Tommy seems to have the time, um, but he's constantly playing when we're not playing gigs. He's playing uh, in the city. You know, he's playing open mics and he's playing with uh, Sammy Fender and all these blues bands. Uh, sitting in, and he'll sit in with uh, Whiskey Tango or something like that, keeping his chops up to snuff. He likes to play. He's constantly got his equipment in the car. He's always ready to go. But that's his thing. He's single. He's you know he's got the bachelor pad. He doesn't have kids, uh, a wife, all that stuff. So, and I think he and Phil are over at the Lee Street. Thing doing something now, so I don't know what the hell's going on. And he did call me. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a chance to call him back. I think that he was calling for was to go over there and do something, mm-hmm. which would have been fun. He's he he says all the time that if we do stuff like that, uh, players come out of the woodwork for us to play with. But 
you get a lot of real shitty players too. We've been to some of these open mics, right? Yes, <laughs> these guys are really bad. I've had to sit through you and Rick ripping on people <laughs> mercilessly. No, no, yeah, no. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was real easy uh, loading. It was real easy load out. No major equipment. Um, his friend Bob helped, who just had a heart attack and had two stents put in, but he was, yeah, I'm still alive. So he set up a little PA. Works just perfect. So nice. We need a we need a th- either a second guitar player or a second guitar player slash keyboard player because I'm a little nervous about playing with backing tracks because you know. If you don't really discipline yourself and play, you got to play exactly the amount of notes that are in the backing track, or you're fucked up. So you can't go long on a solo. You got to play, if it's eight bars for the solo, you can only play eight bars, and that's it. You can't lose your spot. And you know, playing with Rick and stuff, we would we play the song one way in rehearsal, and it'd be completely different at the show, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that kind of shit can't happen. And there's bands out there that are really fucking professional and polished that they play just like that. Um, I don't know if we're ready for that stuff. So it might be better to have another player. It just means more split, man. It just means less right, money less cash. per player. Right. But, but you might have more gigs. Yeah, that's right? true. Possibly. Yeah. All right, Sean. Uh, moving on to movies. We both saw movies, but yeah. I, a, I forgot a story about my son um, before we get to movies. So my son and I, we go swimming. Um, I swim. Uh, he'll swim laps with me, and then he'll uh, go to the small pool or whatever. So when I'm done swimming, I cool off, and I usually get in the hot tub, especially if I've run or done something else. So I'm in the hot tub. My son's still swimming laps. And um, there's another older guy in the hot tub. And this girl comes out of nowhere. She's, uh, I don't know if she's 18 or if she's older. She's wearing a bikini. Yeah. And you don't, when you go to a community center (laughs) pool, you wear a Speedo. You don't wear a bikini. Uh, Yeah, one piece, you mean. A one piece, right. Speedo's one piece. Um, So she's got this bikini. She's an attractive girl. And she gets, she has no problems just walking up, getting right in the hot tub with these two old men. I, me being one of them. Yeah. And I feel completely awkward. So I, <laughs> I turn the other way and I'm trying not to look. And No doubt. My son must have seen this because he gets out of the pool and he, he never visits me in the hot tub because he knows you have to be 16 <laughs> to get in the hot tub, right? So he comes over and he sits down on the ledge and he's just staring at her. She has her feet in the water, but she's not in the hot tub yet. And he's just staring at her. And I'm like, uh, hey, uh, I'm almost done here. Why don't? And it always takes him longer to get ready. Why don't you go in the locker room, you know, dry your stuff off, dry off, get changed. I'll be in in a, a minute. Uh, he doesn't even look at me. He's still looking at her. Uh, no, I'm okay, Dad. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so then I was like, all right, well, I'm done. I had to, So I got out to get him out of there because yeah. it was, I was awkward to begin with. And then my son made it more awkward. Uh, but um, 
it was nice to see that uh, he appreciates the um, the opposite uh, gender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, I for me, uh, trying to think back to his age, he's nine. Right. Girls didn't mean anything to me until I was 12. Oh, not me, man. At the age seven, I was like trying to get babysitters to (laughs) bear their boobs to me. For me, it happened in sixth grade. I was like, hey, girls, they're pretty fucking cool. But before then, I have no memory of any of that stuff. But you, it was seven. Whatever it was, I had a babysitter couple of babysitters i was always trying to get them to flash me at seven come on man show show your milkers <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> at seven you had that was your term your milkers? i don't know what the hell i don't remember <laughs> i vaguely remember show, show me your yeah you know what i'm talking about whip those <laughs> those jugs out man <laughs> Come on. And, you know, back then it was the 70s, so, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of brassiere wearing back then. Right, right. That shit was bouncing around everywhere. Yeah, so that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, so my, <laughs> it was like the first time that I've observed my son um, being interested in girls, women. Yeah. Maybe he was checking out her bikini, like... Maybe. I wonder, I wonder I how that would look that. on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should ask her. I wish my dad would leave. He's Get such out a, of here, you he's weirdo. Such an asshole. <laughs> Trying to get fashion tips. <laughs> Who uh, knows? What, dad? What? I'm busy right now. <laughs> talk to the ladies. All right, John, moving on to movies. Now, I didn't see any movies at the video, uh, not the video, at the, <laughs> at the video <laughs> at the store, at the movie theater yeah. like you did. So I'll let you begin our yeah. movie discussion because you saw a summer blockbuster. Yeah, I John. saw Fast Six, Scott. Fast Six. Yeah. Yeah. Fast and Furious Six. It's with... Uh, uh, the Rock is in it, and uh, what the fuck is his name? Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Paul Walker, and uh, it's the sixth installment in the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, uh, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, reprises his role as Hobbs. This, this. Uh, uh, Wrath of God type FBI agent who is hot on the heels of uh, of Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Paul Walker, his character used to be an FBI guy who was busting Vin Diesel, and then he fell in love with his daughter and turned to uh, stealing cars. And in Fast and Furious 5, uh, they go to Brazil... Uh, to boost cars, and um, uh, while they're boosting cars, one of their crew gets killed, and they find out that the uh, the guy in charge of the whole city um, in Reno is uh, he's a drug lord, and he's connected with the cops and stuff, and 
and Vin Diesel wants to get back at him and and take his money, but causing havoc and and not allowing him to go through with it is uh, is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's trying to bust Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's characters. Uh, in the meantime, they want to. They can't do it alone, so they call in a bunch of other people from previous movies. Michelle Rodriguez. Well, she's she wasn't it. Um, uh, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, who was in one of the movies. Chris Bridges, Sung Kang, who was in like uh, Tokyo Drift. Luke Evans, Gina Carano. Serrano, no, Gina Serrano is in this movie, sorry. Uh, anyway, so all these these characters in Fast Five come together. There's this great fucking fight scene between The Rock and Vin Diesel that's awesome. And then uh, at some point, uh, well, if you see that movie... Everything in it is completely ridiculous. There's these firefights. There's all this fighting. Uh, they finally work their way into stealing all of the drug lord's money by stealing his safe. And they drive through Reno with his safe attached to two souped-up cars attached by cables. And they're just like... <laughs> it's just... Beyond all physics, but it is really good fun. Well, that film ends with a little cliffhanger that leads into this film. Where this film is, they're all now... Um, they've escaped the law. They're, they're hiding in a country where there's no extradition. They all have split $100 million between whatever, eight of them or something. And um, and Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, needs their help to bust uh, some real fucked up uh, ring that is trying to steal some, some technology that they could sell for billions and uh, uh, kill, like, millions of people, some sort of missile technology or something. And um, so The Rock needs the help of the Fast and Furious crew. And the deal is, uh, one of the part of the deal is, is um, Michelle Rodriguez, who was killed in a previous film, who is Dwayne, or uh, I'm sorry, Vin Diesel's girlfriend. Uh, the deal is, hey, you can get her back and. Uh, we'll uh, we'll pardon all you guys. Wait a minute, get her. She's dead. She's dead. Get but, her back. Yeah, I guess she, she was killed, but they didn't. They never like found her body or whatever, whoever they buried wasn't her. Um, and she survived, but she lost her memory. So now <laughs> she was recruited by this this other crew. Yeah, it's it's all over the place, but it is. <laughs> It's already made four hundred and eighty million dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> One hundred sixty million, and now the whole franchise has made like almost two billion dollars. Wow! And they're talking about they've already started pre production on a on a number seven, which The Rock won't be in because he's um, he's filming Hercules. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and the and the. 
the director who did Justin Lin, who did five and six. I don't know how many others he did, but he did. He does them very well. Now there is a little shaky camera in some of the fight scenes, but some are really good. And there's there's some major physics flaws. You would you could pick it apart in seconds, like. There's a plane taking off for like a half hour at the end of the film. I mean, this runway must have been 55 miles long is how long this fucking plane was trying to take off. And people are fighting, but it is fucking great, man. It's funny. The action is kick-ass. The fight scenes are just ridiculous. And this uh, Gina Serrano... Who's in it? She's an ex MMA chick. Oh, she I was, like her. Yeah, she, she was in uh, what was that movie? Uh, shit. Yeah, she's like a secret agent or something. She's like CIA. It was a Steven Soderbergh movie. Yeah, right. With right. Channing Tatum. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's in it. And there's a really kick kick ass fight scene between her and Michelle Rodriguez that is fucking awesome. I mean, she's obviously doing her own stunts. It's just it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I was sweating, dude, at the end of the film. I mean, it's like I said, for me, movies are about uh, I want it to happen to me. I don't care how ridiculous it is, as long as the ent- entertainment just overwhelms my senses and takes me away from everything and my brain turns into mush which it did i mean i was like at the very towards the end of the film this ridiculous uh action sequence that lasted seemed like forever um it's something out of like the the uh the diehard playbook is what it was and uh it was so so much fun, and and my wife even said, "God, I was really my neck and my back were all t- tensed up, and I don't even know why. It's it's so ridiculous how that not, that stuff could have never happened in real life, but it, it it really got to me. So my kids loved it. My daughter's a huge fan, loves it. She loved it. My son loved it. I loved it. My wife loved it." Uh, the crowd was cheering in parts, which was kind of cool. The crowd getting into it. We're all idiots when it comes to films like this. But this is, I love stuff like this. So, you know, what do we do? Four Spiny Normans? Four Spiny Normans, John. Out of four. I, I'd give it a three and a half. Three and a half I mean, out of it's, four it's Spiny total Normans. pure, crazy, happy silly ridiculous entertainment all right john i'm gonna ask you so the three summer blockbusters so far iron man three star trek and fast six rank them in order (sighs) one through three i i think um yeah i think for me i would have to say i think you put them in order for me right there I can't remember what I said. You said Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Star Trek, Star and Trek, then Fast Six. Fast Six. So I'd have to say that because Iron Man three, I got to go see again because I saw it in three D. It was dark, and I was really annoyed with that. So I couldn't. I want to see it again in regular D. 
and full light. Cause and I heard Star Trek you need to see again because you were sitting next to some asshole who couldn't stop <laughs> would talking. Shut up. <laughs> uh, no, that was a great movie, too. But th- this is like... Um, I mean, I could see people saying, yeah, this movie isn't a great movie. But it is. when you When you talk about film and the sound... And all the shit put together and all the crap that's got to go on. I mean, was it well thought out on the storyline? Eh, it's got some some holes in it. Uh, but the villain is really kick-ass. The villain is like is like the villain in Die Hard. I mean, he's, he's cold. He's calculating. And the good guys are actually crooks that are hired by the FBI to help catch this guy. And Vin Diesel, man, he plays such a fucking, like, dirty Harry in this film. Except he's really into, you know, he wears his, this cross, all, this crucifix all the time. Who reminds him of his girlfriend who was killed and... Blah, blah, blah. It's really weird, this one scene, because he's hooking up with this chick who was a cop from the previous film whose husband was gunned down and murdered by this drug cartel, and that would, that's what made her a cop. But then Dominic, who's played by Vin Diesel, finds out that his ex-girlfriend might be alive, and she's like, you know what? If that were my husband, I would leave you in a second to go after him. So you should go after your ex-girlfriend. And I'm like, what? Okay, whatever. I guess it's, you know, that's the way it is. And he just jumps on a plane and he's gone. Um, so yeah, I really, I thought it was a lot of, it was, it was good fun. I could see it again. That's how entertaining it was. So before I leave tonight, you're going to hook me up with Fast Five, yeah. right, John? Yeah. Because I, I, I think I saw the first one, but I haven't really seen any of the others. But I need to see yeah. Fast Five before <laughs> I see Fast Well, what's Six. funny is, see, my daughter knows she's seen every single one of the films. So she, you, you, you got to see, like, the first one, and I think Tokyo Drift. See, I've seen them all, too. Um, because when the characters show up in this film... It's hilarious. Like, when we went to see it in the theater, you could tell everybody was a big fan of this franchise because when these characters started showing up, they were like, oh, yeah, man, hell no, yeah, because they were from previous films. So they really, like, did it pretty cool. They kind of, like, took, like, the... the, uh, all right then. A little bit of the formula from from the uh, Marvel movies, where they tied a bunch of the films together, brought those characters together for like uh, the X Men, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is very similar. I mean, not all the characters were always in some of these movies. The main characters, like Tokyo Drift, I don't think I don't even remember if Paul Walker was in it. Uh, maybe Vin Diesel was, but whatever. They they show up in this film in, in the Fast Five, which made it really cool and ridiculous. I mean, the stuff that goes on is just completely ridiculous, but it's cool. 
And this one, it's just completely ridiculous, but it's you got to listen to full surround. It's got to be loud. Don't be watching it on your iPad. Right. Not on the iPad. Yeah. And and your kids can watch it too. It's PG-13. Of course. It's not uh it's not. It's not, you know, uh Hangover three, and then right. you drive your daughter to. Oh, go ahead, have a good time. See you later. No, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, um, no, no. Uh, well, we oh, went, went to see her? Star Trek, but she before we went to Star Trek, there was a Hangover three that was starting like five minutes before Star Trek. Oh, she's like, Dad, let's just go to Hangover three. I'm like, we're not going to Hangover three. So uh, I got her into Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh, you didn't go to Hangover 3? No, I haven't she, seen she that. She didn't see it? Have you seen it? No. I heard it was pretty bad. I haven't seen it. Well, they said the same thing about Hangover 2. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The first one was good. Yeah, I mean, uh, Fast 6 already f- was, what, released the 25th? 480 million <laughs> box office. Wow. Half a billion already to date. All right, John, I didn't go to the theater, but I did see side effects. You know about side effects? No. It's Steven Soderbergh. Um, A young woman's world unravels when a drug prescribed by her psychiatrist has unexpected side effects, John. And it's a thriller. And it's got the Channum Tating there. It's got Jude Law, who does a great job. He's the psychiatrist. It's got Catherine Zeta-Jones, and it's got the Mara Rooney. Mara Rooney? And uh, I liked it. Uh, got that on the uh, pay-per-view or whatever you call it. Yeah. From wow. And uh, I dug that one. So I recommend that. Well, and, you know, because I work in the pharmaceutical industry, so it was a little bit more interesting to me than maybe it would be to you. Yeah. But uh, I thought Jude Law... Um, uh, was backed into a corner at one point, and uh, he, uh, he what, the plan he came up with was just genius, yeah. brilliant, uh, very good, very nice. Oh, that's right. He, I forgot how long Soderbergh's been doing film since. Apparently, this is his last one. Sex Lies Videotape was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So I recommend that. I also watched Back to the Future with my son. I haven't seen that in a while. That yeah. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Just a, such a great fucking movie. Great performances. Uh, is there anybody in our listening audience that hasn't seen Back to the Future? I can't imagine that. But if you haven't, you need to see Back to the Future. Fabulous, John. Now, if they were to remake Back to the Future um, today, John, they yeah. would go back to 1982. How about that? Right. I think we should do that. We should remake Back to the Future <laughs> and go back to 1982. Right. <laughs> Where our parents were and... No, wait. No, we'd have to have a kid in high school. Right. So Nathan, our, would, right, go, like, parents, Nathan yeah. would go back to the future. Right. No, my daughter or something. Yeah. 16. Somebody could drive. Right. I saw uh, a film, Scott. Yes. On HBO, Behind the Candelabra, which is also a Steven Soderbergh oh, Really? Film. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Now, we did a story about that because uh, that is the story of Liberace. 
and Michael Douglas and yeah. Matt Damon. And they originally tried to shop that around to get it released in the movie theaters, but nobody wanted to fucking touch it because yeah. it was too goddamn gay. <laughs> More gay than Brokeback Mountain, John. Yeah. And they wanted to stay I've never seen that. Brokeback Mountain. This is pretty gay. So it ended up on HBO. Right. Now, it was it just... Um, did they split it up and I'm make it like gay. a series, or was it just, I'm here's an gay. HBO movie? No, it was a film. And you've seen it? Yeah. I, I don't think I saw the very beginning of it. I, try, I watched from one part to almost the end, and then I went to bed, and then... It was on again. No one was home, so I started watching. And then my wife came home, and she finished watching it with me. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's basically based on the book by uh, Scott Thorson, his memoir. And that's uh, Liberace's um, partner? Well, originally it was like his protege or whatever you want to call it. It's like... Uh, you know his his sidekick. He's the guy that drives the the car on stage, and um, I don't know what they they what he actually was, but eventually, yeah, he's the boy toy. They met when he was like seventeen, and it's not a complete biography. It's just kind of like his Scott Thorson's vision of what happened those few years they were together. And um, it's fucked up, man. Liberace's really creepy. Or, uh, Michael Douglas does a f- such a good job as Liberace in this film. I could not even tell it was Michael Douglas. Do you remember seeing Liberace like on Johnny yeah, Carson? Yeah, yeah, me too. And and I remember. Well, I remember him in Batman, the Batman TV series. Oh, I don't. What what did he play? I remember him. Uh, I gotta look it up. Uh, uh, but I remember seeing him on Johnny Carson. I'm like, and I was too young to to know about uh, sexual orientation and the whole thing. But I was like, God, that guy is so goddamn odd. But I cannot stop watching him. But I couldn't figure out what it was. What is it about him? But I had no idea. Um, one of my uh, friends. Uh, Who knew he, in advance that you would be playing a Scotch theme? Yes, Mr. Chandel. Who indeed beside yourself? Really, gentlemen, I'm dismayed. This morning's Gotham City Times. Is that him? Yeah. Among the highlights will be a medley of Highland airs sung by Mrs. Harriet Cooper to the piano of the incomparable Chandel. This travesty's gone far enough. Now, are you going to call Batman, or do I have to call him myself? He's the <laughs> the criminal Chandel, the pianist Chandel. Um, yeah. So, go ahead. You were talking about Liberace before I. Oh, I can't remember. I just remember seeing him on Johnny Carson yeah. and thinking he, there was he was so odd, but I could right. not stop watching. Well, very very flamboyant, and <laughs> Michael Douglas's uh, adaptation of him is is a, between spot on and and fucked up, man. I mean, it's really. 
and Rob Lowe plays this really creepy fucking uh, uh, plastic plastic surgeon. surgeon. I mean, he's really, really creepy. He creeped me out, and. Matt Damon making out with uh, with Michael Douglas, <laughs> and, and then they're bang, and then he's banging him from behind in one scene, and and uh, <laughs> it's and it's funny too, man. And he's re- he's really addicted to drugs. So there's a scene where Liberace, uh, is no, no, Matt Damon, uh, Matt Damon is, is Scott Thorson. He's he's addicted to drugs because. Um, at some point he gets fat and Liberace's like, yeah, he's too fucking fat. So I'm going to bring my doctor in because the doctor said, yeah, or, or Liberace, Liberace saw himself on Carson. He was like, I look like my father. Oh my God. So he calls his doctor friend and the doctor says, okay, we're going to cut your face up. We're going to lift it, pull it back. And, uh, and then it's going to be great. You'll look 10 years younger. And then Liberace says, and Scott, we're going to do you next. And Scott's like, what are you fucking talking about? And the creepy Rob Lowe is like, well, first we got to put you on a diet because you're fucking fat. I got this California diet. In a couple of weeks, you will be in great shape. So... uh and then he says, and then Liberace says, and we're going to do your face, too. What? And Liberace says, can you do his face like this? And Liberace, uh, Michael Douglas, pulls out this portrait of himself. He wants <laughs> he wants Scott Thorson to look like him. Fuck up his nose and his face. And then they show, like, uh, them doing the, the work on him. And it's, it's all pretty gruesome. But when you see, like, Rob Lowe looking through his eyes where he's had some work done, cutting everybody's face and stuff, it looks like he's totally stoned out of his mind while he's cutting people up. <laughs> and uh, and he gets, he gets Matt Damon hooked on these drugs. And there's this great scene where uh, he's sleeping and he's in bed with, with Liberace and uh, Michael Douglas and and I mean uh, Matt Damon is in bed with uh, Michael Douglas and Michael Douglas is snoring. Liberace is snoring, and and uh, Scott says, "Lee, you're snoring." And he'd stop. And he'd start snoring again. Lee, you're snoring. Stop it. And he snores again. And Scott flips over and he's like, "You're snoring." And he looks at him. And Liberace is sleeping with his eyes open, staring at Scott. He's like, ah! <laughs> Scares the shit out of him. Uh, because the surgery was so tight. It was so tight, he couldn't <laughs> close his eyes. It's fucked up, man. And I couldn't stop watching it because it's like a car wreck, you know? Uh, it's really good, though, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fucked up. You know, Liberace... And and the thing is, like everybody knew he was kind of weird or gay, you know, or he's fucked up, whatever. Very flamboyant. Maybe it's Hollywood. Maybe that's his thing back then. Like you said, he's weird. We don't know what's wrong with him. 
Well, then you see like he's going to these adult bookstores and he's he's blowing. He's doing uh, glory holes and oh. I mean it's fucked up, man. You're like, what? He did what? And they tried to cover up that he died of AIDS. Uh, and Seymour is his agent, who's played really awesomely by um, um, Dan Aykroyd. It's just, it's great. It's an all-star cast, and the two of them pull it off so well. Well, I have to check that it's out. It's spooky, man. And not as four spiny Normans, John. I, I could I could probably, I'd almost give it a four. Wow. I mean, it was, it's, it's really good. Riveting. Man. It's good. <laughs> it's fucked up when they start arguing. <laughs> I mean, Liberace's watching this raunchy guy on guy porn, and 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 Matt Damon is completely repulsed by it as his characters got oh oh you know some holes there's stuff not meant to go in those holes you know <laughs> what Scott it's just sexuality what's the big deal. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Fucked up. You gotta see it. Well, I tried I tried watching uh the last movie I'm gonna talk about. Tried watching Requiem for a Dream. Have you seen this one? No. I I, I something came up. I got like an hour into it, and I wasn't really I didn't care about these characters. Like uh Cloverdale. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Where the first twenty minutes, I'm like, I don't give a shit I about want these, these characters. To die, yeah, and then they all died, and it made it worth it. But I don't know what's going on in this movie. It's got Jennifer Connelly and um, who's the other kid? Uh, it's not a kid anymore. Uh, Leto, Jared Leto. Yeah, and they're just drug addicts, and I, I just don't get it. I don't get it yet. So I something came up, and I couldn't finish it. But I don't even know if I want to go back and finish it. But a lot of people say this is a great fucking movie, and I just don't uh, see it. So maybe it gets better in the yeah. second half? I don't know. Who knows? Now, getting back to Liberace and Michael Douglas uh, in celebrity news, John. Have you heard this, John? No. What Michael Douglas said this week. Michael Douglas had throat cancer. Did you know that? No. He had throat cancer, I don't know, a couple years ago, and, and uh, so oh, far yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. treated for that. But he uh, linked his throat cancer to uh, giving oral sex to women. <laughs> what? Yes. Now, I, I had no idea about this, but uh, uh, getting back to my cousin Greta, when she was in town, and we had to drive downtown, and she is a physical education teacher in Kalamazoo, and she has a PhD in education, but part of her job is to teach sex education. Yeah. So she's asking me about Emma. Hey, uh, Emma and Brody, have you got them vaccinated? And I'm like, vaccinated for what? For HPV. There's vaccines out. You need to get them vaccinated. I'm like, what the fuck is HPV? I had no idea. You know what HPV is, John? Yeah. Human. Help me out here. Human. Pubic. Papillom, something virus, virus, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. So apparently there's five strains of them, and four of them 
the vaccine works against four of them, but it doesn't work against this fifth one. In addition, some of these strains are being linked to cancer. Uh, cervical cancer, throat cancer. So, uh, Michael Douglas is saying, I thought it was the smoking and the drinking, but it turns out my throat cancer is related to HPV. And the only way I could have gotten that is by giving oral sex to women. So that is big news. Big celebrity news, John. <laughs> I don't know it's, about uh, that. What do you mean you don't know about that? I don't that? know if that's true or not. It says right here. I'm, you want me to read it? I got it right here. I, I don't. I'm not. What's not true? Debating that, that that he gave oral sex to women. Yeah, what, what you, that's not what I'm debating. That he got cancer, throat cancer from, from licking twat. <laughs> <laughs> he had previously speculated that years of smoking and drinking. Uh, yeah, that has nothing to do with it. It's the it's the lick in the bush. Although the actor had dismissed oral sex as linked to cancer. He did not say it was the cause of his own cancer. Okay, so I misspoke. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, right here! Uh, Mr. Douglas said, without wanting to get too specific, this particular cancer that he has is caused by HPV, which actually comes from cunnilingus, John. You know what that is, cunnilingus? Yeah. That's a very scientific term for oral sex. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, in recent years, scientists have documented a steep increase in throat cancers caused by the strain of HPV that can be transmitted through oral sex. The virus, human papillomavirus, papillomavirus type 16, also causes many ca- cases of cervical cancer in women. Uh, in the 80s, only a small number of throat cancers were linked to HPV. Historically, patients who developed the disease were in their 70s and were heavy smokers and drinkers. Now, 70% of all throat cancers are caused by HPV, up from roughly 15% three decades ago. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. What does it all mean? Patients are now more frequently middle-aged husbands and fathers who are economically well-off. So is it that you have throat cancer and you're licking and you pass it on? And not particularly heavy drinkers. Men are three times more likely to be diagnosed than women with HPV-related throat cancer. Uh, no, what they're saying is uh, what we're seeing now is a 70% increase in the men who have it aren't, don't have a history of smoking and drinking. Oh, I see. So they are, are finding more uh, relation to this specific strain of HPV. And this is what my cousin Greta was telling me, and I was like, oh, well, I don't know. i got to talk to my wife to see if my kids have gotten vaccinated for that. I have no fucking idea. And she was giving me stats about uh, uh, high school and college kids. They, uh, If you don't get vaccinated, they're going to get it, and it's going to cause all types of problems related to cancer. Yeah, so how about that? We have celebrity mm, yeah. news that turns into science and health news, John. Some HPV infections can cause warts. Yes. What's our non-cancer, non-cancerous skin growths? Infections with these types of HPV causes a rapid growth of cells on the outer layer of the skin. Ty- types of warts include common warts, planar warts found on the soles of the feet. Uh, sub subungual and perungual f- uh, warts from under the fingernail and flat warts. 
found on the arms, face, or forehead. Genital warts. It's bad news, man. It's Respiratory papillomatosis. And once you have it, you don't get rid of it. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. When did that start? Uh, it's like the, the new thing, though, right? I think it's the new. I think it's been around for a while, but it's the new thing because the evidence is starting to become a little bit overwhelming, and uh, so they have a vaccine for it, which, uh, uh, from what I understand, prevents four of the five strains you from getting those. Um, so you know there is some some hope there, you know, for the kids growing up today. Uh, while the majority of known types of HPV cause no symptoms in most people, some types can cause warts, while others in minority in a minority of cases lead to cancers of the cervix, vulva, vagina, penis, or a, or a pharynx and anus. What's the or a pharynx? Or a pharynx. You know, I'm browsing Google to find other celebrity news, John. Yeah. And I run across oh, this. Oh, it's the oral part of the pharynx. <laughs> yeah. It opens anteriorly through the isthmus facium into the mouth. So uh, I'm browsing celebrity, other celebrity. Yeah. It's not quite your throat, but yeah. So what are you saying? It's like uh, right in the beginning there. Right in the beginning. Where when you go, ah. Doctor looks in there. Oh, yeah, you got HPV. Good job. Uh, recently, HPV has been linked with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. In addition, HPV 16 and 18 infections are strongly associated with an increased odds ratio of developing oropharyngeal throat cancer, like you were saying. That's a Wikipedia. How about that? Uh, so I'm browsing other celebrity news, John. See if I missed anything. Yeah. And here's the headline. Katie Holmes's knee vagina. <laughs> what? Apparently she had some work on her knee because she injured it or something. Yeah. And the scars look like a vagina. Oh, Jesus. So TMZ was wondering if they had to block that out oh. when they showed <laughs> pictures of that. Oh, come on. No, really. No, really. Look it up. Katie Holmes knee vagina? Question mark. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about. We were talking about movies. Um, Will Smith's new movie with his son. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Oh, well, it's another one of those, uh, what do you call it? Um, yes. Uh, what movie? What do you call it? Uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. It's an M. Night Shyamalaman film, John. Yeah. And it, not only that, but it has Scientology themes. Oh, After does it? Earth. And it's got 12% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Nobody's going to watch it. No, they say it's one of the, it's going to be one of the biggest blockbuster busts in movie history. Uh, The amount of money they spent and the amount of money they're going to get back. Uh, Here's some of the reviews. Um, uh, By the standards of an M. Night Shyamalan in recent films, After Earth is surprisingly not horrible. Because uh, M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> <laughs> no, you're saying Shyamalan. hasn't put out anything really no. good since The Sixth Sense, has right. he? Right, no. Uh, 
The characters are emotionally neutered. The average viewer won't care about them. The pacing is plodding and uneven. Uh, the critical problem with After Earth is that Smith Jr.'s whiny character has all the likability of an anal fissure. Oh, oh ow. <laughs> it hurts when you poo. Uh, it's an extremely generic effort written by an elementary school student. <laughs> That's mean. Nepotism has always been part of the Hollywood firmament, but it's sunk to a new low with Will Smith's vanity vehicle for his 14-year-old son, Jaden. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's mal- malformed ode to father-son bonding in the year 3000 on an abandoned planet known as Earth is frighteningly bungled from the very first pedestrian shot. Well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, uh, after Earth is a wasteland riddled with cinematic trash. How could species evolve over the course of a mere thousand years to get a serious hate on for human beings when no human beings have been on the planet that entire time? How about that? After Earth is the sort of picture that Mystery Science Theater 3000 gang would salivate over. And one guy's review was just this. Nap time. (laughs) Sleep right through it. Yeah, so uh, I I heard uh, or I read some article that... uh, there's some elements of Xenu and, and Scientology oh, in there. Oh, great. And then they talked about Will Smith uh, starting his own school, which is really just um, a school that uh, teaches... It's a private school that teaches, you know, math, English, and all the other shit. But it also indoctrinates kids into Scientology. Yeah, so that's it for movie and celebrity news, John. No doubt. Let's see if I have any science news. Science News. Oh, I have some more celebrity news, John. Penn Gillette was on Celebrity Apprentice. Did he win? No, he didn't win. But he was in... Uh, they're saying the reason he didn't win is because Donald Trump figured out he was an atheist. What? I didn't see the show, but he was one of the final contenders. Uh... So Pendulette tweeted after the decision was made that this other guy won when whatever their challenge was, Penn did a much better job than the other guy. Yeah. Pendulette tweeted this. Yep, Trump made it clear that my book, Every Day is an Atheist Holiday, cost me his show. Pretty wonderful that words still have power. I'm not sure exactly what that means. No, I don't either. But uh, Penn is saying that he didn't win because of his book. Oh, he doesn't know that for a fact. He doesn't know that for a fact. But uh, other people have said, yeah, Penn, he did better on the last challenge. And he should have won. But he didn't. He got fired. Now, somebody else says, I don't think it was related to his lack of belief in God. It was more likely the fact that in his atheist book, he referred to Trump as a whack job birther with cotton candy piss hair. Right. <laughs> there you go. Hair, his hair looks like cotton candy made of piss. <laughs> which is great. It's a... Yes. So words do have power. So it had nothing to do with him being an atheist. It was because he wrote a book and he bashed Trump. Right. 
And he may have done better on the final challenge, but Trump ultimately is hiring somebody, and he doesn't want to hire somebody who thinks he has uh, is a whack job birther with cotton candy piss hair. I can understand that, right? Yeah, but that shouldn't that shouldn't matter. Well, here's what I want to know: He's on Celebrity Apprentice, and you don't even know about it. You don't even watch it. I was, but. You know, it didn't have the cavalcade of characters like last time. I thought it was um, celebrities from past Apprentice. Yeah, like it was. Had to be- it was Stephen Baldwin, uh, but they were. He wasn't like as good in this one either. Like he was more animated in the last, the last one, and uh, the. Um, you know, there was uh, Sulu was in it, and Lou Ferrigno. Right. It was more better. You think it's so easy, Dad? You try it. All right, I don't have any science news, but I have religious news. I'm, I'm answering all my birthday greetings. Religious news. Do you do that? Do you answer all of them, or just no. do one blanket? No, I don't. I don't even do that. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. I just say thanks. Like, I saw that it was your birthday today, right? On yeah. Facebook. And I started to write something, and I'm like, that's, that's so fucking gay. It's lame. <laughs> so then I texted you, hey, what are you doing? Are you available for lunch? Let me take you out to lunch. It was nice. Yeah. Very instead nice. of, oh, happy birthday. I hope you have a great day. <laughs> 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 Not saying that that's a bad wow. thing to say. But, it's just okay, I that's can't fine. say that. Maybe I'll I just... Have a, I'll I co-host on Mediocre Show, because Eric, tomorrow, send me a birthday greeting. I have a hard time writing stuff you like that. You have a hard time showing any emotion Yes, that's to it. It's my issue. It's my problem. <laughs> I'll figure out how to overcome it. You start it. writing, and then you go, I'm not going to do yeah, that. I'm not this. He's going to read into it, yeah. and then my wife's going to say something. Right. What's going on between these that. two? Yeah. I'll just take him out to lunch, and I won't tell my wife, and then she'll find out later, and I'll get in more trouble. <laughs> oh, your my son about your pants. Oh my god! What about my pants? The first man? thing he said when he walked in, wearing your he was like doing an English accent. Oh, high trousers, eh, or something like that. He said, "Yes, these are my high waisted slacks, high waisted yes. trousers." <laughs> All right, moving on to religious news. Yeah. Uh, there's a new pope, John. I don't even know if we talked about the new pope. But being a dick's retired. Yep. I think we talked about that. Uh, and they got this new pope, and he came in. You know what he said, John? Here's what he said. The Lord created us in his image and likeness. <laughs> and I we thought are Bella Lugosi died. Lord. And he does good, and all of us have this commandment at heart. Do good and do not do evil. Um, so then uh, he went on to say, this is the key point here. The Lord has redeemed all of us, all of us, with the blood of Christ. All of us, not just Catholics, everyone. And then somebody asked, Father, the atheist? And he responded, even the atheist, everyone, <sighs> and his blood makes us children of God. 
of the first class. <laughs> We are created children that are like this of God and the blood of Christ. Has redeemed us all, and in the first class. <laughs> so a lot of people were like, oh, "Wow, this is a, a a big change in the direction of the Catholic Church," but it's really not. It's really not. So later on, let me see if I can find this story. The Catholic Church came out and, and they didn't correct the Pope, but they said, uh, "No, no, no. There's a difference here. Now the Pope is infallible. I don't know if you know that, John." But he speaks directly to God, and whatever right. he says is the word of God. That's right. Um, so the story came out, and it says, Vatican corrects the infallible Pope. Atheists will still burn in hell. Uh, but it, it's, it's the, the headline is not accurate. So what the Pope was talking about was redemption, right? So Jesus offers redemption to everybody. He's offering that to everybody. Now, to get salvation, to be saved, you have to accept Jesus. Now, because atheists won't do that, they will still burn in hell. So the Pope is, he's correct that, that uh, uh, if, you, if you're into the Catholic, do- Catholic doctrine, yes, uh, Jesus offers redemption to everybody. Right. But atheists, yeah, you're still going to burn in hell. He just didn't go there. You know, because he was he was into the moment. Uh, but then um, some other guy came out. Who was this guy? Some Vatican guy. Uh, despite what uh, Pope Francis said, he atheists are still going to hell. Saint uh, uh, as Pope Francis said, uh, we we are all available for redemption. Who the fuck? Oh, the Reverend Thomas <laughs> Rasika, a Vatican spokesman, spelled it out for the world on Thursday. I sure it was him and not Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> People who know the Catholic Church cannot be saved if they refuse to enter her or remain in her, he said. Right, so that's the salvation part. Yeah. Jesus offers redemption, but if you don't accept that, you will not be saved. So just yeah. to clarify there for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So we're still going to hell, John. That's a shame. That is a shame, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bummer. That is a bummer. Why does my nose always run when I come down here? I don't know. I just got an invite to a VVX gig. Me too. At the Fire Bar in Crystal Lake on 614. How about that, John? Yeah, I don't know. All right, John, moving on. Let's see. Do I, I got have another else? one? Another one from VVX at Throttle Fest. <laughs> Throttle Fest? Yeah, I'm worried about that one. Yeah. I'd be worried about that, too. <laughs> Throttle fest. My daughter wants to go to uh, Summerfest this year. Is that in Milwaukee? Yeah. Right. Getting scary, dude. She's picking out colleges. One year left in high school. Uh, she's driving. All right, John, one more religious story before we uh, turn it over to Phil. Unless you have anything to talk about. No. 
Uh, and this is a theme that we talked about last week as well with the Muslims, and it's a theme we've talked about this show. Uh, women have to be equal members. Uh, they cannot be treated as second-class citizens. They have to be equal in society for the society to prosper, right? So here's what happened in Af- Afghanistan. Afghan university students protest against women's rights. Get this, John. <laughs> During yesterday's protest in Kabul, 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 protesters <laughs> called for the repeal of a decree that defines domestic violence as a crime, bans child and forced marriages, and says that rape victims cannot be prosecuted for adultery. It also outlaws Ba'ad, the traditional practice of exchanging women or girls to settle disputes or pay debts. All right. So uh, Afghanistan trying to move forward. They say uh, we're going to define domestic violence as a crime from now on. We're going to ban children being forced into marriage. And we're also going to say that rape victims uh, cannot be prosecuted for adultery. Those are some new things yeah. that we're going to have. Oh, and by the way, you can't exchange women or girls to settle disputes or pay debts. <laughs> we think these are good ideas. Yeah. And Afghan university students protested against this. What? More than 200 male students protested against women's rights, calling for the repeal of the presidential decree on the elimination of violence against women which they say is un-Islamic. What the fuck? That's a fucking problem. That is a problem. So how do you educate these people? Is it possible? I don't think it's possible. It's not possible. So it's going to continue to be a problem. Who knows what to do? I don't know what to do. I don't don't either. Let them be... Yeah. Let the women rise up and just start fucking killing off the males. Well, they're going to have to at some point. Right? We talked about this, uh, uh, the W, and this whole thing that he's going to promote democracy in Iraq at the barrel of a gun. No. It's got to be the people of Iraq that fight for their own democracy. Uh, So, yeah. Something, it's got to be grassroots from the women. They got to... And it happened here. I mean, women in uh, in the U.S. of A, John, uh, just over 100 years ago, maybe even less, couldn't even goddamn vote. And they they, uh, put together, uh, they organized, and they said, hey, give us the fucking right to vote, assholes. And they, they got it. They fought for it. By the way, uh, digressing to film. Uh, film. Movies. It was Haywire with Gina Serrano. Haywire, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Film. And Channing Tating was in that, too. Right. Yeah. Good flick. Awesome fight scenes in that movie. Yeah, they were. Because I could follow them. <laughs> I could understand what was... I could see. I could tell who was punching who. Yeah. I didn't have to guess or hypothesize. Well, you're old and your synapses <laughs> can't handle... <laughs> That's BS. You know, uh, and you know the the Miami Heat they just beat Indiana here, and they keep doing this thing where they the, somebody's going up for a dunk, 
and in the middle of it, they cut under the basket, and you lose all context. And by the time you you realize what's going on, the play is over. Oh yeah, and it fucking drives me crazy. <laughs> Whose fucking idea was that? <laughs> and why do they keep doing it? I don't know. And I got to tell you, this LeBron James, he's a great player, but uh, I was watching the game. We didn't have the sound on. This guy is the biggest flopper, and and I've never seen anything like it. I've seen it in soccer, and it makes me nauseated. I don't like watching soccer because of the way these guys flop around and they fake their injuries. And to see it now in basketball, and, and LeBron James is one of the superstars in the league. I just hope it doesn't catch on because I'm not going to be able to fucking watch basketball <laughs> if these guys start flopping around, if they get nicked on the basketball court. Makes me sick. Nauseous. Yeah. Nauseous. Oh, and this uh, after last game, this guy from Indiana, Roy Hibbard, uh, made some comment where he said, no homo. He gets fined 80 grand. Uh, but LeBron flops the entire game. He doesn't get fined. Right. Apparently, they're supposed to find him if they flop around. Right. I don't get it. Guy said no homo because he didn't want to play with a... <laughs> no, it was something about uh, a confrontation or a, oh. a foul call. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm going to take it to the hoop. I'm no homo. Something like that. I don't know what he said. <laughs> I have no idea what he said, but that's somebody told me, and that's what I think was the gist of it. Yeah, I'm going to take it to the hoop. I'm no homo. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I'm taking it to the hoop. I'm no homo. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. Fills your hole. I don't understand, but let me turn this music down. You're going to get that? Yeah, let me get the door. Haven't seen Phil in a while. Hey, man, what's happening? All right. All right, I'm back. You got to like run right up on him, you know? I mean, he just blew right by me. (laughs) Not even a wink or a nod or nothing. He's Mr. Business. All business. All business. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm going to know. Is he ready? Of course not. I'm always ready. It's good to hear your voice, John. (laughs) What about Scott? Oh, it's nice to see Scott, too. Are you ready? You ready? Of course, John. I'm always ready. Thank you, John. Thank you, Scott. That's your award-winning TTN News, Phil McCracken Whitcomb. Crystyle. I'm sorry. Crystal. (laughs) Crystal Harrison. Crystal Harrison. Arrested for biting boyfriend's penis after being (laughs) refused sex. That's right. This is out of Florida. A 19-year-old high school student has been arrested after authorities said she bit her boyfriend's penis when he refused to have sex with her. Mantee Sheriff's Office said Crystal Harrison made several advances towards her boyfriend of three years, and he rebuffed her. According to the arrest report, she grabbed him and bit his genitals. He left the house, but the arrest report says Harrison followed him and slapped and spit in his face. The report says he declined medical treatment, which also included scratches on his chest. The victim was not identified. 
Here's where the news just gets better, John. The Brandon Herald reports the couple has an infant together. Harrison was arrested Wednesday and charged with domestic battery. She was released Friday after posting $1,500 bond. Next story, John. There's a bar in New York, John, a bar in New York called the King's County Bar in Brooklyn, and it's going to host the smallest penis contest on July 20th. The competition is expected to be stiff. Next story, John. Man sets up video camera to record ghosts. Instead captures evidence of paranormal, para, paranormal activity. <laughs> A man who set up a video camera to capture paranormal activity in his kitchen instead recorded evidence of his partner engaging in sexual relations with a 16-year-old son. The 28-year-old woman, who cannot be named for legal reasons, pleaded guilty to five counts of having sexual intercourse with a young person. Crown prosecutor Jackie Harnett told the court in October that the woman had gone to her stepson's room to discuss his driving lessons. Although the pair had previously had a strained relationship, tickling led to kissing that led to intercourse. The following day, the woman's de facto partner set up a video camera in a bid to capture evidence of paranormal activity in the house, but forgot to turn it off. When he returned from work, he reviewed the footage. He saw his son and the woman kissing and cuddling. He questioned his partner, who downplayed the incident, but his son confessed that they had sex three times in the preceding days. The man called police, and the woman admitted during the video recording and interview to having sex with the boy twice and admitting knowing he was only 16. Miss Hardett told the court that in the following weeks, the woman followed the boy to another part of the state where they had sex several times in a hotel room. Defense lawyer Steve Chopping said his client had been in the relationship with the boy's father for 11 years and that the couple had a young child and the incident had split up the couple. The woman has been under the mistaken impression that the age of consent was 16 (laughs) and was ashamed and embarrassed at her conduct and was working on reconciling with her former partner. Next story, John. Fox News, John. Fox News CEO Roger Ailes wins award for Visionary of American Journalism. Uh, What? In related news, Tim Tebow named NFL Player of the Decade. (laughs) Next story, John. Man, <clears throat> man sues after person. <clears throat> man sues after personal lubricant allegedly <laughs> destroys his penis. Oh, no. A Philadelphia man filed suit in a Philadelphia County Court of Common Appeals alleging that a personal lubricant caused his penis to burn and swell, causing permanent disfigurement and loss of sensation. Michael Lowe sued the Kama Sutra Company of Thousand Oaks, California, as well as the sex shop in Philadelphia where the lubricant and desensitizing gel was purchased. (laughs) Lowe said that prior to September 11th, I'm sorry, September 1st, 2012, he had used Kama Sutra pleasure bombing prolonging gel without incident. But on that day, he applied the product before putting on a condom to have sex with his fiancée. During intercourse, the couple were interrupted. Lowe waited for his fiancée to return to bed, but experienced excruciating pain and pressure in his penis. He removed the condom, and his penis swelled significantly. 
He sought emergency medical treatment and follow-up care thereafter. The swelling irreparably damaged the tissues of Lowe's penis and resulted in permanent scarring and disfigurement. Permanent loss of sensation, permanent loss of functioning, and permanent nerve damage, permanent tissue damage, and the ability... And the ability, the ability to ejaculate. Lowe, who is represented by Thomas Klein of Philadelphia's Klein Inspector, is seeking damages for his injuries, as well as recovery of lost wages and recompensation for pain, suffering, and humiliation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the gel was defective, he said, and his injuries are the result of negligence on the part of the manufacturer. Napalm. Next story, John. This is a... In, this is related penis news, John. Man accused of rubbing pepperoni on his penis. A Potsdam man is behind bars after being accused of public lewdness at a grocery store in Messina Wednesday night. Police state that they arrested 41-year-old John Allison. Investigators said Allison rubbed a package stick of pepperoni on his exposed <laughs> genitals inside the Hartford store on the South Lawrence Plaza. Police said he then put the food back on the store shelf. <laughs> According to police, a Hannaford loss prevention security officer was watching Allison on video surveillance and captured the incident on tape. In addition to public lewdness, Allison also was charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief because Hamnaford is unable to sell the pepperoni. Uh, they should call it pecaroni. <laughs> oh, John, that's funny. Allison was arraigned and ordered held in the St. Lawrence County Jail. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Of a $1,000 cash bail. Carroud. Next story, John. Yes. Pecaroni. I'll have a pecaroni pizza. Wham! John, wham! Wham! George Michael injured in car crash. Next story, John! <laughs> it's so dumb! Man who happens to be the new Pope with gold shoes and priceless artwork <laughs> hanging over his golden toilet with billions of people following his every word denounces the cult of money. Next yes, story, John! Yes. A former Disney manager and local pastor is accused of looking at child porn at work. He's bonded out of jail early Thursday morning. Pastor Cedric Cuthbert bonded out of the Orange County Jail as a condition of his bond. He used to have no contact with minors except for his 8- and 11-year-old son. Disney official told deputies about Cuthbert's alleged activities while he was on the clock. He worked there for the past seven and a half years. He Investigators has... said he was watching child porn and sending messages <laughs> to underage girls on YouTube from his work computer. He has a tendonies. Disney officials said it didn't seem like Cuthbert was trying to hide anything because they say he's used his own password and login info no. to access the computers and download child porn. Cuthbert was also a pastor at the Historic Street James AME Church in Sanford for the past three years. He was let go from his job at Disney and has since Disney. apologized for his actions. <laughs> he now faces multiple charges. Next story, John. Because I have a tendency. <laughs> I have a tendency. I have good news and bad news, John. The good news a man recently busted for DUI got drunk again, but took a cab home. The bad news he passed out in the cab, had no money for the fare, and wet his pants, and ended up back in jail. Next story, John. 
<laughs> I told you a story about that once, right? Uh, John, you don't tell me stories. Were you addressing uh, Scott, Scott? Scott. Yes. Well, I told you a story about a Scott. What was the story? Where he <laughs> was drunk and took a cab home and the police were waking him up. Yes. And he yes. moved from this state to that state because he got a DUI here, so he wasn't going to get one there. Yes. And the ranger, the sheriff, said, hey, son, I, I'm a... I'm glad you decided to drive a cab, uh, get a cab home in your situation, but you got to tell the man where you live. <laughs> Did I tell you the story about Mr. Shmuel? Right? <laughs> no, I he don't took know. a cab from downtown back to uh, Desplaines, <laughs> and he bitched about the fare oh, so much. Oh my god! That the cab driver turned around. He got off the Kennedy, got back on the Kennedy, drove Steve back to where he was and said, get out of my cab. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my God. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can. Get out. Or I'll call the police. The Papooch has got to tell you a story about when he got hit by a cab on his bike in New York. And he grabbed the cab driver through the window and started beating him up. <laughs> <laughs> And the cops grabbed him and said, what are you doing? They're handcuffing him. He's like, he ran over me. I was driving my bike, and he ran over me, and he tried to get away. So I wasn't going to let him get away. Did you say any racial slurs? Yeah, I said every fucking one that there was. (laughs) Fascinating story. Back to the news. I feel like most people wouldn't have to be told not. To have sex with a hornet's nest. <laughs> and then there's this guy. <laughs> a 35-year-old known as Hassi was discovered with 146 stings on his body, of which 54 were on his genitals. He was left so bloated Come by on. the fatal incident, John. <laughs> oh. Neighbors mistook him for a whale carcass when oh. they saw his inflamed body oh. lying on the lawn. Oh. Despite calling paramedics, the man died an hour later. Police are believed to have discovered semen and pubic hair on some of the stinging insects near the opening of the nest. Oh, so he finished. As a result, authorities concluded Hass had tried to have intercourse. Well, he did have intercourse with the nest, which was found on his farm in Yastad, Sweden. An upset local said, we did not talk very often, but he was still my neighbor. And that's the news, John. Oh, man. That's it? That's it. That's it. All right. Fill the jacket with the Right then, I gotta run. Yes, of course you do. Gonna wait in line for Hawks tickets. <laughs> Later. <laughs> He's in and out, man. Yes, in and out. Does you know, we should shit. hang out with him socially. Yeah, try that sometime. And record it. Fat Mustards. Maybe we could do it at Fat Mustards. That would be a trip, wouldn't it? It would be. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Well, how you doing? Everybody be looking around. Why is this guy in a fucking fur coat in a fast food joint? That would be great. All right, well, you know that uh, that music means, Scott. That's right, John. 277 comes to a close. Close. A close. Hey, so I... And picking up TP on Friday. My son and I are headed up to, to the Eagle River there. Now, I've talked to TP and I've talked to my aunt, 
they are they have never been more excited uh, at the prospect of getting together and then yelling yeah. at me about what an idiot I am. And they're going to tell me. Uh, so I did some prep. You know, I, I prepped with you last podcast. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't even follow it anymore. What's going on? So I asked my aunt, so w- what's going on? Because she mentioned all these scandals. Yeah. And she's like, well, there's the IRS one. I said, well, what is that? Tell me about that. And she couldn't tell me about that. So she got all upset. And then, well, what are the other ones? Um, I don't know. But there, there are two other ones. Uh, so I helped yeah. her out. I said, "Is Benghazi one of them?" Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. So what was the what's the issue with that? And she couldn't tell me. Uh, so she's like, "Wait till Tony gets up there. He's going to tell you. He'll tell you well, what the issue is." There is a good story in Bloomberg. I don't know how much of it. I don't know who this this uh, author is. This Ramesh. Uh, Ponaru, but uh, he he says Obama's dangerous contempt for the rule of law. Um, I think the the Benghazi thing is all bullshit because that they're just trying to pin it on Hillary, and that's in order to uh, have something on her when she runs for president. And and the bottom line on that one is that the purse strings are in the hands of the congress which is led by the republicans and they didn't finance enough protection for uh for that uh the internal revenue service i don't know if he has anything to do with it but he doesn't have any people on his team that are helping him out that's for sure and he needs to get in front of all this bullshit that happens and then the other scandal is um uh, what was that thing? Oh, yeah, jailing all the, uh, j- you know, jumping on reporters that are... Oh, right, right. The AP and stuff. Whistleblowers. Whistleblowers, which which they're going to pin on Holder. They're, they're going to let him hang out to dry. Um, I mean, what I, that I mean, there is a lot of nitpicking, but in the end, putting fucking whistleblowers in jail, but not one fucking banker... I mean, come on. What the reality here is, is, is it's so skewed. The, the mentality of of the government is is so fucked up. What is the whistleblower that's in jail? Ah, uh, I forget. Who did he put in jail? Who's in jail? I know the guy in the military. What's that guy that gave the WikiLeaks or whatever? Yeah. But that's a that's not I, well. I guess it does fall under Obama because he's the commander in chief. But that's an army thing, right? And he did give classified information, so it's not really whistleblowing. It's just like dumping classified information. I would think whistleblowing is something else. Whistleblowing, I would think, would be more focused on a very specific crime. I don't know. Good point. All right. So there's some more research that has to be done. I will have my smartphone, John, and I will try to record as many debates as I can. Uh, I'm sure we'll have them. I'm sure they'll be fascinating. <laughs> I'll t- and it's so? going to be difficult because I'll be in the car with TP for four hours, and I'll try to avoid these topics in the car. <laughs> I'll wait to get them all riled up until we're there. Right. Where is the fucking story? All right, then, John. 277 comes to a close, right? Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll revisit this next we'll week. We'll be back next week, right, John? Yeah. Next week, I'll be back from Eagle River. I'll have audio. 
but potentially have audio. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's that. Uh, 277 in the can. I'm John. And I'm Scott. Say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. Listening to John and Scott. A total talk nonsense.